This is the Troll Patrol. Live with Justin Freakin'. Welcome to the Troll Patrol. Live. It's a freaking Tuesday. These these weird hours are uh they got me they got me messed up. Maybe I'm not high enough for this shit. We are on early tonight because tonight it is the Florida Senate debate between Democratic challenger Val Demings. And this will be the most uh, seasoned senator, I do believe. Oh, we might have, we, we watched Mike Lee last night. I was about to say most of the uh, debates we watched for the Senate have been... They're like freshman in, in incumbents like uh, Mark Kelly and Raphael Warnock, or it's been open seats. Like the debate we watched in North Carolina, Ohio. Oh, Ron Johnson. We watched Ron Johnson as well. I was getting ready to, to say Marco was one of the most seasoned senators we've, we've watched. Tonight it is Republican incumbent Marco Rubio debating Democratic challenger Val Demings in the Florida Senate race. This is definitely a lean Republican seat. Is it possible Demings could win? It's probably the most outside chance of a Democrat winning the seat that we're going to watch. But it's in the realm of possibility. Let's take a look at what the polls are. And also, we're going to get a little news directly after the debate, just as a treat. I say just as a treat, but damn. It is not a treat. Got some cop videos for you. I got a couple different cop videos. Several cop stories that are going to piss you off. We're going to talk about Biden uh, telling the people what the Democrats are going to do should they... Add a couple seats in the Senate and retain the House come the fall. Going to listen to some predictions about what's going to happen. Holster predicting uh, what's going to happen based off of the generic ballot. We're going to talk about, and we have video of, the arrests in Florida by Governor Ron DeSantis over voter fraud. Protesters arrested in the UK. A lot of protests popping up in the UK. We're going to talk about soup from a family in the Van Gogh. We're also going to talk about a, I believe a Chinese, a British Chinese citizen arrested outside of the Chinese embassy in the UK. Oh, I was going to look at the polls. those of you who are watching on Twitch and are not subscribed, I'm doing my best to make sure that the commercial break plays exactly three minutes before the debate starts, so you guys will not be interrupted during the debate. Let me go ahead and flip over to your meme of the day. When that manic episode starts winding down and you realize you just bought Parlor. Apparently, Kanye West was talked into buying Parlor by Candace Owens. Meanwhile, over at Twitter, the company has locked down employees' stock options in anticipation of the deal with Elon Musk going through. 
I think both men made bad mistakes. But what do I know? In 10 years, watch it. Watch Parlor be the hottest thing. We're going to be broadcasting on Parlor. I'm going to be parlaying all my parlors on Parlor. Kanye's going to turn it around because he's a motherfucking genius. The voice of a motherfucking generation. <laughs> totally not a gay fish. <laughs> I do have the, I don't even remember, oh, it's WPBF out of Florida, counting this down, three, they don't even have a cool thumbnail, they don't even have a cool thumbnail, they don't even even have that many subscribers, Trump salty over yay buying, of course he is, competition for true social. So if you're on Twitch, I'm going to go ahead and hit the commercial break for you. If you're not subscribed, you should subscribe. Not that much. And if you're on Prime, you get a free subscription. You should give me Jeff Bezos money. I'm going to go ahead and hit the commercial break for you. So if you're not subscribed, you're going to get the whole debate. Boom. Right at 657. That's the broadcaster in me, bitches. Warlord rooting for little Marco, apparently, tonight during the debate. Again, if you're just joining us, we're going to be covering the Florida Senate debate between Republican incumbent Marco Rubio. Little Marco, as Trump once called him. Democratic... Nominee, Al Demings. Oh, I was looking up the polls. Oh, DeSantis currently leading Christ. Rubio only barely ahead Val Deming, so I I was riding her off. Apparently she's got more of a shot than I thought. Marco leading by about four points. Forty five percent to Val Demings. Forty one percent. Apparently there is nine percent undecided in the race. There is an independent. Yeah, there's there's a libertarian and two independents running. 9% undecided. It's such a wide open race, it's kind of hard to tell who's going to be bleeding votes from who. I I was giving it to Marco, but apparently the polls are closer. I mean, if you're four points, you're in close to the margin error. Sometimes the margin error is about three points. Sometimes it's four or five points, depending on the poll. They're within striking distance, and Val Demings does indeed have name recognition. She, she is a congressman. So who knows? 
It's all about turnout, and as we're gonna as we're gonna talk about here in the Georgia race, setting record midterm turnout. Early voting way up everywhere. Now, as we saw, that was also good for Republicans, but usually people that vote, the better it is for Democrats. Thank you for joining us tonight. We are going to be watching the Florida Senate debate brought to us by WPBF in Florida. Republican incumbent Marco Rubio and Democratic challenger Val Demings. Debate is set to start any second now. Strap in, buckle up. I'm not high enough for this shit. And stick around afterwards. We will cover just a little bit of news. A little news is a treat. Fuck, I did it again. Once again, that is it's not a treat. I've got cop stories that are gonna piss you off. I guess I'll do the rundown of, of later on in the in the show. Oh, the Washington Post with a very interesting expose the revolving door of retired military generals going and lobbying on behalf of, of brutal dictatorships and autocracies in other countries. Very interested in watching this piece. We have a verdict in the Igor Dushenko trial. Spoiler alert. Durham investigation was a total nothing burger. We've got video out of Florida. People being arrested for voter fraud. And apparently it's really confusing. Here we go. This is the Senate debate in Florida. These proud partners and statewide Fuck, fuck their proud now, partners. Tonight's moderator, WPBF 25 news anchor, Todd McDermott. What up, Todd? Good evening, and welcome to you, our audience from around the entire state, live on television, streaming and listening on Around NPR. the world, around the world. This I know for a fact we have people in other countries in this chat, sir. Debate. We are live from Duncan Theater on the Lake Worth Beach campus of Palm Beach State College. Welcome to our candidates, Congresswoman Val Demings and Senator Marco Rubio. We are so appreciative for your participation tonight. Also joining me are panelists, Vicki Sachery, executive editor of Florida Trend. and Rick so we don't get the libertarian or the two independents on stage Post. with them. All three of us will be asking questions of the candidates tonight. The debate rules tonight. Each candidate gets 60 seconds to answer a question and 30 seconds to answer any follow-up questions. Rebuttals are 30 seconds in length and at my discretion as your moderator. Candidates I'm going to try to lay out as much as possible. 15 seconds to finish. The red light means exactly what you think it means. And I'll, I'll remind you that it means stop. Congressman Demings, you won the coin toss earlier this week. The first question tonight goes to you. Three weeks ago tomorrow, Hurricane Ian hit Florida as one of the five most powerful storms to make landfall in the U.S. What federal action is needed starting now to protect Florida from sea levels projected to rise a foot or more in less than 30 years, while more frequent monster storms threaten our lives and livelihoods. 
Well, thank you so much for that question. And let me say good evening to all of you. Thank you to our panelists. Uh, thank you to Palm Beach State College. It is an honor for me to be here. I stand on this stage as a daughter of a maid and a janitor who grew up in Florida. Had the honor of serving as the police chief in the house and now standing on this stage. I grew up in Florida, so I know all too well the devastating effects that hurricanes can cause on our state. And number one, we have got to get serious about climate change. Climate change is real. If we don't do something about it, then we're going to pay a terrible price for it. More intense storms like we've seen as the waters in the ocean continue to warm up, more intense storms, more flooding, more just devastation as we've seen with Ian. I've toured the area and I've toured Puerto Rico and seen what Fiona did. The federal government has got to make sure that FEMA has the resources that it needs to adequately respond, but we've got to get serious about climate change. Thank you very much. Senator Rubio, the same question to you. I'll repeat the question. Um, it was three weeks ago tomorrow, Hurricane Ian hit one of the five most powerful hurricanes to ever make landfall in our country. Federal action starting now to protect Florida against sea level rise projected up to a foot in less than 30 years while these monster storms just continue to hit us. Well, first of all, I also want to thank the college for hosting us here tonight, all of you for being a part of it, everyone for being here in the audience. This is important. I'm glad we have a chance to do it. You ask about the hurricanes. Unfortunately, if you're in public service in Florida, you won't be here long before you're dealing with hurricanes, and we've done so consistently throughout my time in public service. And unfortunately, uh, back in 2017, we had devastating storms, 2018 as well, and now uh, the devastation and destruction that we're still calculating. I outlined last week a very specific uh, plan, obviously it's preliminary, on all the sorts of things that we're going to need help on. These communities immediately need emergency relief. What's happening for a lot of these cities and counties is they have to spend a lot of money up front. Money out of their budgets they have to spend right now to pay for these things and then they get reimbursed. And so that's why I'm very proud that in 2017 and again in 2018 I was able to get uh, uh, President Trump and the federal government to fully reimburse our counties uh, for the help they needed. But we'll have to do more. There'll be two phases. The first is emergency response, meaning all the things you need as an emergency to help these counties backfill their needs. And then there'll be the long-term recovery. And I'm very proud of the fact that I was involved deeply in all the long-term recovery efforts of the last storms as well. All right. That's time, sure. Thank you. We're going to move on to question number two, and Senator, this question begins with you. Democrats passed the $2 trillion American Rescue Plan with no Republican support. Now inflation rates not seen in 40 years show new, no clear sign of abating. Prices for just about everything, housing, gasoline, groceries, are way up. A Federal Reserve Bank of San Francisco analysis shows injecting trillions of dollars in pandemic relief into this economy caused up to 3% of what is approaching a 9% U.S. inflation rate. And it's worse in Florida. What can you do to help families now? Well, I think the first thing we have to stop, start doing is stop spending that kind of money. We had already done two pa pandemic reliefs. This came on top of it. And they were warned. The Democrats were warned by Larry Summers, by other Democrat economists, you do this, you're going to fire up inflation. So that's number one. Number two is, we've got to begin to produce American oil again. Why are we, why are we begging Saudi Arabia for oil? Why are we begging Venezuela and Iran for oil? We're producing a million barrels a day less on oil than we used to do just a couple years ago. We have the, instead, we are depleting our reserves. Our, our, our oil reserves do not exist to win midterms. 
They exist to help this country in an emergency or in the midst of a storm. What we cannot do is some of these crazy policies that are coming from the left that Congresswoman Demings has supported. You know, she supported a plan to put a, what is it, $10.25 tax per barrel of oil, which would have been 35 cents per gallon more for everyone listening here today. We can't do that kind of crazy stuff. It only adds to the inflation. I think it begins by winning this election and getting people like that out of office. And that's time. Congresswoman, the same question you you may answer, but you have 60 seconds to answer this question. Thank you so much for that. Of course, the senator who has never run anything at all but his mouth would know nothing about helping people and being there for people when they are in trouble. No one planned the pandemic, but our response to it is everything. Individuals were hurting, families were hurting, businesses were hurting. We passed the CARES Act, which the senator supported. There were some problems in the CARES Act with the Paycheck Protection Program that you love to take credit for. Some say it was poorly written. Some say it didn't help the people that it was supposed to, didn't save the jobs that it was supposed to. There was a way to fix the problems in the PPP through the American Rescue Plan and help people that were in trouble. But you played politics, Senator, and you did not do that. Your number one job as a United States senator is to protect the health, safety, and well-being of the American people. You've been at it for 24 years. Senator Rubio. Yeah, a couple things. First of all, we passed the Paycheck Protection Plan when Democrats were sitting at home in the House. They were in their pajamas doing Zoom calls, and we were in the Capitol. And we were working in the Capitol to solve real problems. The Paycheck Protection Program was a bipartisan victory. If we hadn't put that plan together, and we had to do it very quickly, and the Capitol had, had no staff, we had to put it together in three or four days, bipartisan, it got unanimous support, including the congresswoman who voted, I guess, remotely or whatever they did, because the truth of the matter is that if we hadn't done that, we would have had a meltdown. We would have had a meltdown in this country. We saved millions of small businesses. I am incredibly proud. It is a bipartisan achievement. Had we not done it, we would have had a depression in this country. The congresswoman likes to talk about helping people. She's never passed a bill. She's never passed a single bill. She's been in Congress for over half a decade. She's never passed a bill, not PPP, not anything, not a single bill she's passed has ever become law. I'm proud of the fact we saved millions of jobs. I'm proud of the fact we did it in a bipartisan way. That's not true. I know the senator, look, and and I'm really disappointed in you, Marco Rubio, because I I think there was a time when you did not lie in order to win. Bill she sponsored? I don't know what happened to you. You know that is not true. My first term in in the United States House, I passed legislation to help law enforcement officers with mental health programs. Your first term in the Senate, you voted to turn Medicare into, basically to abolish it, and then turn it into an underfunded voucher program. And then you gave the biggest tax break to the richest of the rich and said you'd pay for it with cuts to Social Security and Medicare. No, no, this is an important topic. So number one, and we'll fact check it. I'm going to put it on my website now, and all of you can love, the media loves to fact check. There is not a single federal law on the books that she sponsored and got passed. Not one. I think she named two post offices. I've done that, too. Sponsored. You didn't say that earlier. That's why I was confused. That's number one. Number two, in terms of the tax, you know what we did in 2017? Do you know why today in Florida and across the country, working parents have a double child tax credit from what they used to have? Because I single-handedly got it passed. Because I took on my own party, even the editorial boards had to recognize it, I took on my own party and we doubled the child tax credit. And I took on my own party, the Wall Street Journal, even corporate interests. 
So I'm very proud of my record. In the last stop 12- you there, Senator? Todd, may I, I respond again, to that? Congressman, yes. Uh, it, look, the senator has obviously resorted to lying, cheating, and trying to steal. But it's, it's embarrassing that you think- Viva la raza. person who is a hero by naming a federal building after them is nothing. I think honoring a police officer who was killed in the line of duty is everything, Senator. It matters to his family. It matters to his community. It matters to his department. It matters to me. I think it's sad that it doesn't really matter. Congresswoman, you. I, both of you, we need to move on. We I know, but so I did not say here. it didn't matter. I said that that's all she's done. That's all I said. That's all she's done. And that's that point. That point is made. We're going to move on. And, and by that's the way, the, not the, true. Lying and the How cheating, gullible the lying do you think Florida voters are? Let's go on to the next topic. How gullible do you think Florida voters are, Senator? The next topic, and the question goes to you, Senator. All right, great. 12 minutes in, it's already coming off the rails. You've got to love it. Senator, you said, quote, abortion is the killing of an unborn human being. And that you do not believe the dignity and the worth of human life is tied to the circumstances of their conception. You've now signed on to fellow Senator Lindsey Graham's bill for a national abortion ban. My question to you specifically is, if reelected, if your vote can make a federal abortion ban with no exceptions the law of the land, will you vote yes? Number one, I'm 100% pro-life. Because I, not because I want to deny anyone their rights, but because I, I believe you that suck, innocent sir. human life is worthy of the protection of our laws. That said, every bill I've ever sponsored on abortion, every bill I've ever voted for, has exceptions. Every one of them does, because that's what can pass, and that's what the majority of people support. Now, what was before us today in Congress that you talk about Lindsey Graham's bill, that's a four-month ban. Okay? That is more lenient than every country in Europe, except for two. The extremist on abortion in this campaign is Congresswoman Demings. She supports no restrictions, no limitations of any kind. She voted against the four, she's against the four-month ban. She voted against the five-month ban. She supports taxpayer-funded abortion on demand for any reason at any time up until the moment of birth. That's what she supports. That's the extreme position here. I, I should honestly cut together to every single Republican response to that she question because they have all been exactly no the same. Senator, how gullible do you really think Florida voters are? Number one, you have been clear that you support no exceptions, even including rape and incest. Now, as a police detective who investigated cases of rape and incest, no, Senator, I don't think it's okay for a 10-year-old girl to be raped and have to carry the seed of her rapist. No, I don't think it's okay for you to make decisions for women and girls as a senator, I think those decisions are made between the woman, her family, her doctor, and her faith. And to sit over or to stand over there and say that I support, don't support abortions up to the time of birth is just a lie. But to help protect the life of the mother, which you looked at that like it was just, well, kind of a, well, that's kind of a side issue. Senator, you know that you have said you don't support any exceptions. If I, but she's been dressing him down. I like it. The bill that she's attacking me on has exceptions. It has exceptions. That's the bill right now. Number two, that you want to talk about extremes? Let me tell you, you about extreme because you talk about extreme. Here's extreme. Okay, a child that's born alive after a failed abortion. It happened 11 times in Florida in 2017. It happened eight times in 2020. A child on a failed abortion, born alive. And we had doctors in America 
that refused to treat or provide medical care to a child born alive. And we tried to pass a law that said, that should be a crime, that's infanticide. The abortion failed, the child was born alive and you refused to treat it, and she voted against that. That's how extreme she is. And she still will not tell you, you should ask her, what limits on abortion will you support? Congresswoman? What we know is that the senator supports no exceptions. He can make his mouth say anything today. He's good at that, by the way. What day is it and what is Marco Rubio saying? I've said time and time again, and he knows it, that I support a woman's right to choose up to the time of viability. Senator, I want, before we go, yeah. I want to get back to the original question, because I understand that you said you have supported legislation that has exceptions and that this particular bill that Lindsey Graham is drafting, you signed on to, does have that no, up to four months. But I asked you a specific question. That is, if you get the chance in another six year term to vote for a federal abortion ban with no exceptions, would you vote yes if it would make it the law? No, listen, I've already told people what I be- I don't believe that the value of a human life is determined by the circumstances. Right, I gave, you, I gave But the statement. law that can pass in this country, I'm interested in saving human lives. And that's why every law that's out there has exceptions, including, including the one that, that she's attacking me on has exceptions. Every law I've ever passed has exceptions. We're never going to get a vote on a law that doesn't have exceptions because that's what the majority of the American people are. And I respect and understand that. And, and that's what I support. But she's still, you haven't asked her. No one here has asked her. She still won't answer what specific limits. She's never voted I, for a limit, not after four months, not after five months. And by the way, it. and by the way, on the issue of exceptions, I'm being attacked on a bill that has exceptions. It's written right in there. My name is on that bill. My name is on that bill. There's a reason why no bills are ever introduced without exceptions. That was asked, because, I, because that can't pass without that in there. And I understand and recognize it. And that's why I have continued to support bills that have exceptions. But she supports no limits of any kind. That is out of the mainstream. That is radical. She supports letting a doctor let an unborn baby, a born baby born alive, and the doctor doesn't have to treat it. That's time. Another minute to you, Congresswoman Demings. I, Marco I can't find anything about this. No exceptions, even in the cases of rape and incest. He said it time and time and time again. But what I can say to him and I can say to Florida, we are not going back, Senator, no matter how obsessed you are with the woman's body. Limited data on babies born alive as a result of abortion procedure, but it's unclear what the medical circumstances were in each of those cases. Or like property. And I'll say it again because obviously he didn't hear or he doesn't want to. I support a woman's right to an abortion up to the time of viability. So, will she, well, can you ask if she'll support a 24-week ban? Will you support a 24-week ban? Because you didn't support a 20-week ban. You didn't support... Up to the time of viability. Well, well, but when is that? That's the vague language they all give. And then they talk about the doctor and the family. Let me tell you who else is in that it's room, that abortion room. The government is in that room because she brought them in there. She wants the taxpayer he to pay for that abortion. That's government involvement. Not just to pay for I that abortion, but to pay for them all over the world. For a woman the and That's our extreme. girls. That's a radical. I believe at this point going we're going to move on. I'm going to ask that you both allow me to move on sure. with this well, debate. We still didn't hear what limits she supports. This next question comes from Rick Christie, executive editor of the Palm Beach Post. Good evening, Congresswoman Demings. What up, Rick? Uh, Just today, a New York Times-Siena College poll shows voters overwhelmingly believe American democracy is under threat. A Washington Post analysis shows election denial. Most Floridians are morons. In 48 of 50 states, the New York Times poll also shows more then two in five registered voters, including 37% of independent voters, are at least somewhat comfortable in voting for a candidate who says they don't accept the results of the 2020 election. 
Will you accept results of the 2022 election? Let me, let me start here, if I may. Um, my mother, the maid and a janitor, I've worked long, hard days, but I can never remember a time they did not vote. If they, or a car wasn't working, they would pay somebody a couple of dollars to take them to the polls. Why on earth would we try to stop them from voting? They were able to vote because of our democracy, the wonderful system of government that we have. No, it is not perfect. But our system of government is what allows us to be here tonight. We have to do everything within our power to uphold the Constitution, protect the rule of law, and protect our democracy, and protect each person's Republican, Democrats, and independents right to vote. That's what I did as a police officer and a police chief. I took an oath that I would protect and serve, defend the Constitution, not just for people who looked like me or that's the time, riches of the rich, but for all people. All right, Congressman, that's time. The same question goes to Senator Rubio. Yeah, first of all, I don't know who the rich are because my dad was a bartender at banquets and my mom was a janitor, so we have that in common. And I will tell you this much. I've never denied an election, ever. I've never said a election. I'm not like Stacey Abrams in Georgia that denied her election. I've never denied an election. I think in Florida, I think in Florida- They laughed at him. Laws, but I think elections have to have rules. And Congresswoman Deming supported this effort to have a federal takeover of elections. What would that look like? You can't ask for ID. You have to ask for ID to get into her neighborhood where she lives and that you have every right to have that. You, you, but you can't ask for it when they vote. Allowing people to drive around with a trunk full of absentee ballots. Allowing people to, to basically register on the, an hour before the same day of the election, show up and vote and inject chaos. We have to have rules and we have to have laws. And those laws have to be followed. Florida has good election laws. And we have record turnout, like they had record turnout in Georgia, which they were out there calling some sort of segregationist Jim Crow bill. No, these are rules. These are rules that allow people to have confidence that their vote counted and their vote mattered. They're not suppressing anyone's vote. They are rules designed to make sure the system works the way it's supposed to Let work. Let me just get you on record here that you will support the results of the 2022 election. We have great laws in Florida, absolutely. Well, will you? Sure, because I'm going to win, right, so I done. look forward to supporting that. But, but We're moving on. But, but yes, no but, matter what the outcome is, I'll support it, because Florida... Talk you little bitch. They're not the Fair crazy enough. laws Let's like they have the in Pennsylvania question. and these other places. I want to go to Vicky Sachery from Florida Trends Magazine. Uh, I don't what up, Vicky? Congresswoman Demings... The, I believe you know, we're going to move on here to the next question, and okay. that's Vicky's question. Okay. He's questioning the moderator. Insurance companies have already failed in Florida in 2022, putting more pressure on Florida taxpayer-backed citizens' property insurance. They're now insuring more Florida's than wild, man. properties in the state and county. As the insurer of last resort, the collapse of citizens would be a catastrophe for Floridians. What should be done on the federal level to avoid this? Who's the question for? What? Oh. Senator Rubio. I'm sorry. Okay. So, number obviously, this is a state issue, but here's a couple things that I would say. The first, the flood insurance program, which is critical. A lot of the people that were hurt in the storm, hurt in the storm did not have flood insurance. It, not only, we have to go back and reauthorize it every year. We shouldn't have to keep going back every year. It should be permanent. We should also reform the system. Florida actually pays more into the flood program than it takes out. You talk about the property insurance issue. It is a state issue. The federal government, you don't want the federal government involved in property insurance, believe me. Okay? But I will say this to you. We are, I believe the number is about angles. 8 or 9 percent of the roof claims in America. We are 83 percent of the roof lawsuits in America. 
And so what's happening to these insurers is the cost of litigation. They're saying, I'm out. I'm out in Florida. And look, I worry about it. My property insurance is up at the end of this year. And other people should be worried about it because when your property insurance goes up, if you can't afford it or you don't have it, the mortgage company will force place you. And your mortgage could double. So we are facing a looming crisis. I think it's something... What he's saying is when it's around, up, then it's up, then it's up, up then it's Not just stuck. reauthorizing, but reforming the flood program, separate from the wind, the flood program, and reforming it so that Florida is treated fairly. Congresswoman, you have 60 seconds to answer this same question. Would you like it repeated? No, I don't, but thank you so much. Vicki, let me tell you, as the senator works very hard to say it is a state issue, um, that doesn't mean at the federal level, we should not care about what citizens in Florida are going through and try to do something about it. Marco Rubio has spent more time at the state level than certainly any person on this stage. So it's interesting to hear him say how that's such a state issue. Well, what in the heck did he do about it when he was the Speaker of the House or serving? He's been in elected office since 1998. And insurance in Florida has tripled. And people are suffering. I sent a letter to Governor DeSantis saying, yes, I know it's a state issue, but how can we work together to lower the cost of property insurance for Floridians? Because people are suffering. We got to prepare for the next hurricane. Are we going to wait and do nothing? I asked him to call a special... Well, like Floridians, am I right? ...to talk solely about this issue. We have got to and get the property time, Congresswoman. insurance Senator Ruby, I want to give you 30 seconds to rebut. Well, first of all, when I was in the state legislature, if we want to go back to that, we actually had a special session and we passed uh, an, a reform. You know who the governor was at the time? Charlie Crist, your gubernatorial candidate. I think you've endorsed him. So you should ask him if it didn't work. But we certainly supported it. Work and we certainly made it happen. So that's number one. Number didn't two, I would enough. say that, trust me when I tell you guys, trust me didn't when I tell enough. you, a federal government that struggles to deliver the mail in a regular and consistent basis in parts of this country, you don't want them in charge of your property insurance. We There's would be the reason the why they can't deliver the mail. The federal government to take over their property insurance? Uh, look, time, th- do I care about the issue? Yeah, I care about the issue. I'm about to pay $9,000 a year more for That's property insurance. That's the 30 insurance. seconds. Thank you, Senator. We're going to move on to the next question. This question goes to you, Senator. Five days ago, the Parkland mass shooter who killed 17 people at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School avoided the death penalty. That shooter and the killer who took eight lives at an Indiana FedEx facility last year were both 19 years old when they killed the killers in this year's mass shootings in Buffalo and Uvalde, Texas, were both 18. All used legally purchased AR-style rifles. In the nationally televised CNN town hall three days after the Parkland massacre, You said, quote, if you are 18 years of age, you should not be able to buy a rifle. I will support a law that takes that right away. Would you still support that federal law? Let me tell you why that law doesn't work and why that proposal doesn't work. We had a shooter last Thursday, tragic, in North Carolina. He was 15. Where did he get the gun? He didn't get it from a gun show. He certainly didn't buy it. He's 15 years of age. We've had shootings in the state. Pulse was a terrorist attack. A licensed security guard with a permit to carry firearms extensive background check. The guy in Parkland, this killer, everybody knew who it was. Even before they announced who the person was, everybody in the community knew who it was because this guy had long problems. He'd been acting up for a long time and everybody knew it. And here's what happened. The sheriff did nothing about it. The school district did nothing about it because they didn't want to arrest kids. Cops are useless. The cracks, even the FBI we'll we'll cracks see this later in the show. So that's why one of the first things I did when I got back to Washington is I sponsored a bipartisan red flag law styled after Florida, not the crazy one they just passed a real red flag law that would allow the police department to go before a judge 
and remove your guns if they can prove that you are a danger. The one they passed allows some coworker that doesn't like you to go to some liberal judge and take away your Second Amendment rights. No, it so allows your significant other. I want to they stop act. you here, Senator, but before I go to Congresswoman Demings, I want to make sure that I understand that what you said in 2018 is not what you believe is the solution today. I there do not, not believe be a that bad that 18 or 19 year old well, A 15 year old just got a gun, got a shotgun. But that's one case. I just want to make no, sure. No, it's more than one case. But there there are, one in Connecticut also involved the exact we could, same We could thing. do this all night, but I want to make well, sure that you don't support point. that anymore. I it mean, is. It, it is an it, important it, point. Denying the right to buy it is not going to keep them from doing it. Here's the fundamental issue. The fundamental issue is why are these kids, why are these people going out there and massacring people? This is the same Because a lot of people own AR-15s and they don't kill everyone. I understand, sir, but I want to go to Congresswoman Demings for a seconds. You know, people who are the families of victims of gun violence just heard that and they're asking themselves, what in the hell did he just say? Senator, you used the, the Pulse nightclub shooting as your inspiration to run again for the Senate in 2016. Parkland, uh, Pulse is in my district. And yet, you've done nothing nothing to help address gun violence and get dangerous weapons out of the hands of dangerous people. Florida, after Parkland, after you made promises that you had no intentions on keeping to the parents of Parkland, Florida passed legislation raising the age to have an assault weapon, passed red flag laws that we've seen 7,000 plus instances where they've been used now. To, our primary responsibility is the safety of Floridians. And Senator, 24 years in elected office and you have not yet risen to that occasion. And then when asked about it, you say something that makes no sense. All right, Congressman, thank you. Senator, 30-second rebuttal from you. Yeah, what, what makes no sense is that we're going to actually pass laws that only law-abiding people will follow and criminals will continue to violate. The truth of the matter is, at the end of the day, that Americans have a Second Amendment right to protect themselves. They have, and, and, and these killers that are out there, if they're intent on killing as they are, they have found multiple ways to get a hold of weapons and cause mass destruction. Just the other day, he used a shotgun, which would have been covered by any of these restrictions. I have a bipartisan red flag law sponsored with Senator Jack Reed. But the problem is that the leftists in the, in the Senate and in the House, like, Senator, like Congresswoman Demings, are against it because they want the California red flag law that allows your right. co-worker has a grudge against that's, you and can go to a judge and take away your guns. The, that I'll never support. That's the 30. I'm going to overlook Senate. I always, I always hate just the argument. Like if you, if you pass a minute. law, people just break it. Like, it's weird. <laughs> Thank you. Look, every time we talk about responsible gun ownership and, resp and legislation that could help protect lives, you pull the Second Amendment out. My father was a gun owner has nothing to do with the Second Amendment. This is about taking dangerous guns out of the hands of dangerous people. And the overwhelming majority of people in our nation want us to do just that. How long uh -oh. will you watch? Unless well, you're going to say the overwhelming majority grade, were dangerous. Grade, it's going to be like, school, I agree with college, you, ma'am. Church, synagogue, a grocery store, a movie theater, a mall, and a nightclub. Congresswoman. And do nothing. That is time. I want to give you 30 more seconds, Senator. Well, everything she's for would have done nothing to stop any of these shootings. Every one of these shooters would have passed the background check that she keeps insisting on. No one here is in favor of, of mass shootings and violence. And that's why she says we did nothing. That's not accurate. The truth today, you go to the Department of Homeland Security website, and there's a clearinghouse. She's going to mock it. She shouldn't, because the idea came from a Parkland father. 
And there's a clearinghouse there that basically tells schools, for example, this is what works for safety and this is what doesn't. And we got that put in there. You know who's trying to take that down? The Biden administration. Because they say that to have a school safety clearinghouse is discriminatory Next against time, minority Senator, students. 30 That's more seconds, Congresswoman. Is fine. But Senator Rubio thought that he could reduce this very critical issue to supporting a clearinghouse on the Homeland Security website. And he thought he would get a pass for the mass shootings that we've had in our state and doing nothing significant to do anything about it. Your primary responsibility, Senator, is to protect the safety of the people that you represent. We just passed a bill they wanted and there was a shooting a week later and a, a week after that. Why don't we just stop? Yeah, it's just another day, a mass shooting USA. A rapist, a robbery. And in this half of this debate, we've reached halftime and it is brief. So everybody stay tuned. We have many more issues to get to. You are watching Decision 23. They're taking a commercial break for Florida. As long as they're talking about school shootings, remember kids, shoot up drugs. I just, the idea that, well, criminals are just going to break the laws, but the laws are about punishment for when you break the laws. That's why you create laws. Supposedly, they work as a deterrent. They just took a commercial break, Warlord. Cheryl Wheeler? Who's Cheryl Wheeler, Cicero? This is like the 10th debate we've watched, maybe even more than that. And this is the first one that had a commercial break in the middle. I'll see how you guys feel when Twitch hits my commercials. (laughs) Yeah, why are drugs illegal? What what about immigration? Why, Why pass any kind of law or build any kind of wall on immigration? People just get over the wall. People just break the law. Come on, Marco. Apply the same logic. Or learn to feel embarrassment. Maybe Marco's hanging out with Mike Lindell. Palm Beach before the debate. I was on crack. Right. Right. (laughs) (coughs) Is Is it something like... I do have election graphics, by the way. I could have been using those. Welcome back to our debate for U.S. Senate here in the state of Florida. I appreciate Halloween more. We touched on a lot of very important emotional issues, and there are many more in this half hour. Senator Ruby, I want to direct this next question to you. This week, the Biden administration changed its policy. the debate across the southern border uh, will be sent back to Mexico and banned from ever applying for asylum in this country. Do you support that? You mean Joe Biden just instituted Trump's return to Mexico policy? There's more to it, but it's, it's well, the ban on ever applying. That's exactly what he did. Look, 
I can pick Chad up. Congresswoman Deming says that what's happening at the border is nothing unusual. We have 5,000 people a day crossing the border. You know how many people have entered our country illegally since Joe Biden took over as president? Five million. You know how many have entered this country just in the last 12 months? Two million. Eighty of them on the terror watch list. At least, according to the most generous numbers, at least 1%, meaning 20,000, with serious criminal violations in their record. No country in the world I sympathize, no one has done more on the issue of Venezuela than I have, and Cuba, no and Nicaragua. I sympathize deeply with everything these people are facing, and I blame Maduro for that. But there's no country in the world that can tolerate or permit or afford 5,000 people a day arriving at your border, saying the magic words, and getting asylum. And she says that's not a problem. She says there's nothing unusual about it. This cannot continue. It has to be fixed. He needs not just to do that, that needs to happen with everyone that's trying to come across, or we're gonna have 10,000 people a day coming and we can't afford, no country in the world can tolerate that. That's time. Congresswoman, I want to give you, uh, this is not a rebuttal, this is the entire 60 seconds as we continue this discussion, and I want to ask you about solutions. Specifically, what solutions do you have for solving the crisis at our southern border? We are a nation of laws. I've enforced them for 27 years. Despite what the senator wants you to believe, he's living in fantasy land. I've enforced them. And we need to make sure that the oh, men and women wild. at the borders have the resources that they that's need. Worse. I am a fan of boots on the ground. Let's have we don't like laws around here. Also He's kicking authority to boss. So that we can separate those who need to be arrested from those who are seeking asylum. We're a nation of laws, but we also we have to enforce the law, but we also obey the law that says people who are in trouble can seek asylum in this country. And so more boots on the ground, more technology, more processors. Let's secure our border. The senator likes to talk about open borders. It's almost an insult to the men and women who are there securing the border. But let's get more agents to help at the border. We can do this. If I may respond to that. Number one, the only one who's insulted the people working the border are Joe Biden and Democrats who accused them of whipping Haitian migrants, and that turned out not to be true. Come on, man. Number two, she opposed the border wall. She supported this thing called the People's Budget, which I call the Crazy People's Budget because it had a bunch of crazy stuff in it. Even Charlie Crist voted against it. And that absolutely zeroed out and banned border funding. She talks about He's more process. doing the Trump I want you to shit. What that, means. what that means is now when someone crosses the border, turns himself in, claims Ooh, asylum, it's crazy. He's held in detention for two to three days while they process it. What she's arguing is let's hire more processors so we can get them through faster. So we can push people through instead of one day to three day detention, no day there, detention. Senator, this can't continue. We have to stop. Let's this. ask the congressman to respond to that. You have he been doing that the whole time. And I just now noticed and they don't meet the standard for asylum seekers. You send them back. Yes, we need to secure our border more. I think we can do that with technology, more boots on the ground and more people to process those who need to be turned back those who are breaking the law, from those who are asylum seekers. Senator, enforce the law, but also obey the law which boots, as well. Which boots does she want on the ground? She was against National Guard deployment. They demonized the Border Patrol. And they talk about processors. Who, who are you talking about, Senator? Well, your party. Well, he's been holding the pen most of the time. And your party has, Congresswoman. Absolutely look, true. Look, and let me look, tell you something else that they've done. Look, Here's the other thing they've done. They talk about more processors. Would you be willing to do anything to win, Senator? They talk about more processors. Okay, so people, everybody. <laughs> is, the Biden administration all right, to right, say the magic point, words. I, you're making it up. At this point, this has evolved. I want to move on to the next issue here, Senator. The traffickers give you the magic words. You're saying they let you in. Congresswoman, I am forced to move on at this time. How gullible do you think people are? The next question is going to come from Vicky. Florida Trends Magazine. Vicky. 
Representative Demings, last year you backed legislation that increased Social Security benefits and would require highway earners to pay more in Social Security taxes. Why should Congress raise taxes to pay for a broken system? Well, number one, we have to think what the, about what the promise of Social Security was. It was to keep our seniors out of poverty. And you know, being in elected office and the critical position of being a United States Senate, Senator, it is about making choices to protect people. I believe that we've got to do everything within our power to protect those who have had to go to work every day and deserve to be able to retire with dignity and respect. Governing is about priorities, and Social Security and protecting it is a priority for me. I'm not going to sacrifice this, and we need to do what we need to do, whatever that is to protect it. We can do that. Follow-up question for Senator Rubio. Uh, Florida's junior Senator Rick Scott proposed 11-point plan to rescue America requires quote, all federal legislation to sunset in five years. If a law is worth keeping, Congress can pass it again, Senator Scott says. That includes Medicare, Social Security, and VA benefits. Do you support putting these federal entitlements on a chopping block every five years? No, and that's not my plan. That's Senator Scott. He's doing a great job. He's not very shy. You should ask is him. He? He's more than happy to talk to you about his plan. I can tell you, on the other hand, if you want to talk about radical plans, Congresswoman Deming supported a radical plan. I already mentioned earlier the people's budget. Let me tell you the other gems in that budget. It raised $9 trillion in taxes. $9 trillion in taxes. I already told you about the $10.25 uh, tax you say Green oil, New Deal? Of, of oil, which would have meant a 35-cent increase on the gas prices you're already paying right now. Let me tell you what else it did. It zeroed out the war on terror. It took a billion dollars out of the Pentagon. This is crazy stuff. And that's not a plan. She voted for it. She didn't just put her name on it. She actually voted for the crazy people's budget, a socialist budget. She voted for it. I don't even know if she remembers she voted <laughs> I for it. I hadn't seen the socialist budget. Well, you voted for the people's budget, <laughs> and it's a socialist budget. Socialist, Trust me when I tell you that any budget crazy, that zeroes out the war on Marxist. terror, takes a, billion, a, tri a trillion dollars out of the Pentagon, okay, raises taxes by $8, billion, $8 trillion on working Americans, is a socialist budget. And she didn't just go, have Senator, her name on it, Senator, she voted that's for your it. Time. That's your Even time. what you describe, which isn't Three reality, Senator, isn't a socialist budget. Again. We've seen this show before. Socialist, socialist, crazy, Marxist, silly. But which that must you be on your list for your talking points. Um, the bottom line is you said that Rick Scott's plan, it's, it's good to have good ideas. You did not say that you did not support it. I, I hear you saying that tonight, but when you were first asked about his plan, you said, I think it's good to have good ideas. You remember that? Congresswoman, Senator, you can respond. Yeah, that's Rick Scott. Billion, trillion dollars. He can dollars. defend it, he can talk about it. Her name was on that. The question people's was, budget. what do you think the about people's budget, I, The people's budget had her name on it. She was not just a co-sponsor two years in a row. She voted for it. There's never been a vote on Rick Scott's budget. She voted for this thing. Eight trillion dollars in taxes, eight or nine trillion, I can't remember at this point, what's another trillion, right? Um, you talk about all the other things that were in there. A $10.25 tax on a barrel of oil so that your prices go up by 35 cents? I don't know what word you prefer, socialist, Marxist, crazy, I don't know. I'm open to suggestions about Congresswoman Demings, such I, a nutty idea Senator, that that's your time. Congresswoman Demings. He's talking about the barrel of oil again. Senator, yeah, everyone's talking Senator, about the barrel of oil these days. Look, you've been in elected office 
in Florida for 24 years. And what we have been left with is skyrocketing property insurance, lack of affordable housing, health care gone through the roof. We haven't expanded Medicaid. People are hurting. And you know what, Senator, when I talk to your voters around the state, you know what they say? They don't know what you stand for. All right, Congresswoman, that, that's your time, and I'm going to move on to the next. We've spent a little amount of time. I thank you both. I know this was All I knew was a little more to, to uh, discuss, but let's move on. All right. Congresswoman, this is going to go first to you. President Biden says the world is closer to nuclear Armageddon than at any time since the Cuban Missile Crisis exactly 60 years ago this month. Three times in the last week, Vladimir Putin has ordered Russian missile attacks on Ukrainian cities, targeting and killing civilians. If Russia next fires a limited-range tactical device at Ukraine or strikes a NATO ally like Poland, even with a conventional weapon, what's the correct response by the Biden White House and NATO? Well, we have to hold those who are not our friends accountable. And, Senator, that does include Russia. It's not just China. Russia has attacked our Ukraine, what they, our, our friend Ukraine, what they thought was going to be over in a few days, as you know, has been gone on for almost a year. We have to continue to support Ukraine and our NATO allies. Of course, we've got to hold Russia accountable. We always use diplomacy around the NATO table. We cannot afford to have a nuclear There is this attack. NATO table. And the United States has to do everything in its power to prevent that from happening. Senator, same question to you. Well, on the first point about Vladimir Putin, I was against Vladimir Putin before being against Vladimir Putin was cool. I mean, and, and I remember that very well because Hillary Clinton and the Obama administration tried to reset relations with him. Now, I'm not sure the president had to do it over again. He would choose the words Armageddon or Cuban Missile Crisis. But there's no doubt about this. Vladimir Putin is losing this war. And if he loses the war, he'll lose his position. And, you know, I don't think the retirement plan for former Russian dictator presidents is a very good one. So I think he's very concerned about that. So I do think we have to be very wary, and I've warned about this from the beginning, about what he might do to escalate. One is the use of a tactical weapon, which is not a strategic weapon. We're not the talking about is well taken care of, Chicago or New York, but we are talking about the use of artillery shells and, and short-range missiles in the battlefield, which would be unprecedented. And I think the response to that has to be a unified response that perhaps takes out where it is that launched those and where those were launched from. I think the likelier scenario, and the one that really is concerning, is that he would attack, for example, an airport in Poland. At that point, NATO would have to come together and decide whether they're going to invoke Article 5, and the United States needs to live up to its NATO commitments. Let me ask the Congresswoman, to that point, the NATO response, we know what the NATO charter says. Poland's so attack. invading Poland is the red line here. I've seen, I've seen this what movie before. From the United States as well as NATO. We have to do everything within our power to protect our NATO allies everything within our power. If, if Poland is attacked, then there has to be an immediate response. And I believe between our military and the Department of Defense and our experts and our intelligence community based on the intelligence on the ground, I believe that that response will be sufficient and swift, but we've got to leave it in the hands of the people who are there and the people who are involved in this every day with the ultimate goal of keeping America safe, 
that, keep that makes sense world. Are NATO friends safe? All right, so there's a lot of Russians there too. To I think the response needs to be proportional. And that, what I mean by that is that the NATO alliance will have to meet and this, this can't be unilateral. The NATO alliance will have to meet and decide what is a proportional response and that would depend on the nature and level of the attack. But it has to be an allied response, not simply a US one. That's what's most critical here. It's not anything at our disposal because we're not talking about the use of strategic weapons or starting World War III, but there needs to be one. I would argue to you tonight. What, what ally, Marco? Like the UK the is kind of in turmoil right now. That supplies you, Germany you from Russia has been bombed. It was bombed. And everyone's wondering, I saw a news report. Well, they're saying Russia may have done it. Well, who else did it? Se- Luxembourg, Senator, Belgium? Senator, can you wrap this up in 10 seconds? I need to move on. All right. We're good? Yep. All right, I want to go back to Rick Christie. Luxembourg is incredibly oh, sneaky, motherfucker. Uh, Congresswoman Demings, uh, Senator Rubio has called Democrats' attempts to pass a new federal Trust voting anybody rights law in fucking Luxembourg. Ram through an election law to <laughs> Sorry make sure if you're watching this in Luxembourg. I'm sure you're, you're wonderful people. I was just making a joke. Why are new federal protections of voting rights needed? Well, let me say this. Uh, I'm not the person standing on the stage who supports suppressing the right to vote. Look, I can think about the words of my friend and former colleague, John Lewis, who said the right to vote is precious, that is almost sacred. And the senator thinks that we should leave that up to the states. Well, we tried that with voting rights, and we know the bad actors who did some ungodly things to stop people from voting. So we should not just protect the right for the also talk shit about Luxembourg. I ain't having that. We should protect voting rights for everyone. And we need a federal law to keep everybody accountable. The John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act is sitting in the Senate right now waiting for a vote. The Freedom to Vote Act, which will help protect the right to vote for all people, is sitting in the Senate right now waiting for a vote. That is our duty and responsibility to allow the people to vote. That's time. Rick, I know you have another yeah, question. Keep Luxembourg uh, on a short leash. In January, you wrote in The Federalist that Democrats' push for voting rights is about, again, quote, exaggerated problems and imaginary fears, unquote. Can you give us specifics on what you mean by that? Sure. It's never been easier Please. to vote. The Florida Senate debate is Marco Rubio versus Val Demings. In Florida, you can now vote by mail for any reason. You can vote, for example, 10 days before the election. You can vote on Election Day. In Georgia, which they claim to be the place that was suppressing all the votes, you had record African-American voter turnout. To compare what's happening now to the Jim Crow era, where people were literally murdered, where people were forced to take poll taxes and pay poll taxes and literacy tests, what are we talking about here? We're talking about this. We're talking about, number one, when you go vote, you show an ID. I have been a Hispanic man my entire life. I'm a minority. I've never felt like producing an ID disadvantages my ability to vote. Everyone has an ID. You can't even check into a hotel. You can't buy Sudafed at Walgreens without an ID. That's number one. Number two is you can't collect a bunch of ballots. Harvesting of ballots. Cars showing up with tons of ballots sitting in the trunk of a car. Things like that that they want to force down the throat of every state in the country. We don't need that federal law imposed on every state. Florida has very good election laws. And other states have very good election laws. And the states that don't have very good election laws are the states that actually have gone in the opposite direction of weakening security for the ballot. All right, Senator. Thank you, Congressman. Luxembourg doesn't have good election laws. Florida has an election law police force. And if the laws are so wonderful, why? what's the need for that? Florida also eliminated the number of drop boxes from 2020. Why do that, particularly 
in certain areas, Senator. Your job is to make sure that every person votes. Well, Lord, I'm going to show you people charged you with election fraud in Florida. Video of them for you. to that come is your on this show. So if it's so perfect, why the adjustments? We need to hold states accountable to make sure every person, although that scares the senator to death, has the right, the precious right, to cast their vote. Senator. Yeah. I'm trying to suppress the vote, and I'm wasting a lot of money telling people to go out and vote, because that's what my campaign has been all about. Number two, I've never supported any suppression effort. Listen, we've had laws in this state. How come all of a sudden a drop box is the standard by which we judge whether people are being allowed to vote or not? We didn't have drop boxes 10 years ago. We didn't have drop boxes in 2016 when the congresswoman was first elected to Congress. We didn't have drop boxes in 2012 when Barack Obama won the state of Florida running for president. That's a method of voting that doesn't advantage one group or another. There's danger involved in drop boxes. People need to think about it. Okay, imagine someone decides, oh, there's a drop box. I'm just going to put some explosive in it and blow it up and burn all of those ballots, and now those votes don't count at all. Okay, there is, there is something. With elections, there are two things that are very important. Number one, the count has to be accurate. The votes have to be counted accurately. But the other is there has to be public confidence. The public has to believe that the elections were fair and balanced, and that's what I've always been in favor of. But what they want is a federal takeover of the elections. I do not want a federal takeover of our election system. I oppose it. That's time, Senator. Congresswoman? That's nonsense. Okay. That we want a federal takeover. We passed the Voting Rights Advancement Act in the House of Representatives because of the unbelievable voter suppression efforts that were going on by the senator and his party. Well, which voter Let suppression vote people is that? vote. That's nonsense, what he just said. We want every person to vote. And, Senator, we've been busy, too, encouraging people that's to time, vote. It doesn't threaten me. It doesn't scare me Congresswoman, to let the people vote. And that's time. I want to move on like to another song, issue. Let my people vote. Coming close to the end of the debate, I want to make sure you both get all your time for closing statements. This is going to go to you first, Congresswoman. The Biden National Security Plan identifies Russia as an imminent danger and China as the greatest long-term threat. Given President Xi's comments Monday that included threats to Taiwan, what should U.S. policy be with China moving forward from here? We've got to hold China accountable. We've got to hold them accountable for the violations of our intellectual property. I just want to clarify that We've China, Xi Jinping didn't say anything for, that wasn't anything uh, like look, what fucking the bottom Biden line would is say. The United States is the world power. We are the most powerful nation in the world. We know that China has not been the best player, the best actor. And we have to hold them accountable. What President Xi said about possibly taking Taiwan by force, that is totally against our principles and our values. And we have to take action if there's any serious effort to do that. Look, I serve on the Intelligence Committee as well as the senator does. That is something that we have been monitoring just about every day. If China makes any aggressive actions, deliberate actions to take Taiwan, then there has to be a response from the United States. Senator? Yeah, first of all, I would say that every, this is a fact, every major anti-China proposal that has been voted on in the last five years has been my bill, so much so that China has actually sanctioned and banned me. And I was very upset about that because I had to cancel my vacation in Wuhan. So, <laughs> but, but all kidding aside, 
the 21st century will be defined, defined by the relationship between the United States and China. We wasted 20 years thinking that once China got rich and prosperous, they would become like us. And we woke up into a world where they don't want to become like us. They want to replace us. We made one mistake. Number one, we allowed American manufacturing to leave this country and go to China. And so today, they own the manufacturing capacity. 88% of pharmaceuticals come from there. So that's why I've worked on things like bringing the pharmaceutical industry back to the United States, particularly in Puerto Rico. And I have a bill that will do that. The second thing is, we have to begin to invest in our military, particularly in the Indo-Pacific region, to defeat the weapon systems they're innovating. We don't need the Pentagon spending all its time producing videos on the proper use of pronouns. We need them focused on how to blow up aircraft carriers Senator, made by China. thank you. Congresswoman, another 30 to you. The bottom line is, we have to hold China. I'd ask the audience to please respect the candidate's statements. The bottom line is, we have to hold China accountable. Uh, there, and your question involved their takeover of Taiwan. We have to make sure that that does not happen. And as a member of the Intelligence Committee, we are, that is an issue that we are studying every day to make sure that does not happen. Look, the senator can play um, national security expert all he wants. I know he needs that for his next presidential run. Congresswoman, the, I need to stop you there, and I want to get, because you mentioned the senator, another 30 seconds to the senator. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what she means by play national security expert. I'm the vice chairman of the Intelligence Committee and was the previous chairman of it, so it's actually my job. But the second thing I would say is I think holding China accountable, that's, that's a talking point. I get it. I'm supporting the concept. It's a great banner. I'm sure it's a good bumper sticker. But it's not a plan. I actually have a detailed plan for how you address it. And one of the things we have to do, you want to hold China accountable, fix this country first. Make things in America again. Because you think things are bad now? Imagine the day you wake up and realize, we can't get medicine because the Chinese have you cut us off. Union, we sir? can't get Stop gas because there. they have all the refineries. You off, Senator. 15 more seconds the to the Congresswoman. Senator against the CHIPS Act. He goes around the state talking a lot about our dependency on China because of semiconductors. And then he voted against the CHIPS Act that would help further America's independence. And that is time for both of you because you're going to get your, it's a gift, full time for closing statements. It's a Senator gift. Rubio, floor is yours. Well, thank you for hosting this debate tonight. I'm glad people got a chance to see that elections are about a choice. Look, I've been in Washington now for two terms in the Senate and in the two terms I've been there, no US Senator has gotten more done than I have. Today, parents in Florida whose child have pediatric cancer will have options because I took on the pharmaceutical companies and passed the bill that forced that. The child tax credit double because I passed the bill that did that. Veterans that, had, that were exposed to toxic burn pits will now get treatment at the VA and not have to fight with the VA because we just passed John the bill Stewart that I sponsored. have to shame you into that? Make that happen. And millions of American small businesses and millions of American small business jobs were saved because of a bill we passed. And so I'm asking for a chance to continue that work because I have a record of not just identifying the problems but fixing it. And my opponent has been in Congress now for half a decade and has never passed a single piece of legislation into law. Not one. The only thing she does is vote 100% with Pelosi. The vote is clear, and I'm, I'm asking I'm vote. calling uh, right on time, on that. Senator. Yeah. Congresswoman Demings. He means sponsor. I wasn't going to start my closing He's left that off twice now. The last couple of things the senator said were just not true. And, and let me say this. I stand on this stage tonight as a daughter the daughter of a maid and a janitor. Had the awesome honor of being the first in my family to graduate college, served at the police department, worked my way up through the ranks to become the chief of police, 
serving in the House and now running for the Senate. Only in America is my story possible. I just happen to believe that every person, regardless of who they are, deserves the opportunity to succeed, deserves the opportunity to make it. The senator will pick and choose winners and losers based on their ability to pay to play. He talked about pharmaceuticals. He voted against legislation that would help reduce the cost of prescription drugs and help cap the cost of insulin. That is time. That is time. Finish strong there because she was wobbling at the end. We want to thank our audience across the state of Florida and on the internet right now for this. This will also be broadcast, rebroadcast on C-SPAN. Election day is November 8th. And early... Well, there you have it. Florida Senate debate. Between Margot Rubio and Val Demings. We'll, we'll talk about it here on the other side of the commercial break. I've got to, I've got to catch the Twitch break here. Also, on the other side of the break, we're going to talk about Biden promises to codify Roe v. Wade. Should the Democrats retain the Senate, retain the House? Georgia breaks early voting records. I told you about the story in Florida about we have body camera footage of some of the felons getting arrested in Ron DeSantis' little uh, voting fraud scheme. And it's it's apparently very confusing that the cops are confused, that the, that the people being arrested are confused. So uh, it's kind of an expose story we're going to be talking about. And speaking of expose... The Washington Post apparently did a deep dive into military generals that went and lobbied on behalf of dictators and autocrats after they retired from the military. So I'm very much looking forward to that. We have several cop stories we're going to talk about. Kansas police ignored, ignored people telling them that there was a serial killer on the loose until a woman escaped from said serial killer. Milwaukee police are investigating after a viral video. Texas police taped a bag of milk to a door. I have no idea. Also going to talk about this this suspect arrested in Oklahoma. Apparently it was a quadruple murder. Bodies were dismembered. And I have kittens for you. All those, all those videos of of cops doing bad shit, murder and and gore and kitties. A bag of milk. I seriously, the cops are going to need to be investigated. I have no clue what was going on with the bag of milk thing. We're going to have to check that out. But that'll be on the other side of the break. In the Troll Patrol live. Our friend, what it do is back. What it do, what it do. Oh, this is the usual time that the Troll Patrol comes on. So, first of all, allow me to change back to our Halloween graphics. Then uh, let's 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 do the intro and everything. I mean, I'm not going to do the whole countdown. Hold on. Hold on. Though, though it is fun. 
Got the red viscous liquid in the background. The the horror centric music. Even get you some Dan Grinshaw eye hole in there. Got Trump's head. Got Trump's head floating in the background. Nancy Pelosi's the scariest thing on here to me. Yeah. This is the Troll Patrol. Live. With Justin. Freaking. Welcome to the Troll Patrol. Live. Freaking Tuesday. I I thought I thought the album art for Load was like piss. I thought it was like a piss jug they shook up or something. I might be wrong on my Metallica lore. That could just that could just be a fucking rumor. I might have believed some bullshit. I'm not that big of a Metallica fan. Bloody cum. Interesting. Damn Metallica. I mean, I guess once you've made the Black Album, you're just kind of all out of ideas, aren't you? I know our next album, we're going to put Blood and Cum on it. Yeah. It fills all heroined out over in the corner. Yeah, man. I really like the guy with the curly hair. I like him an awful lot. I don't like James Hetfield. I don't like Lars. It was called Low. Kirk Hammett. Yeah, he's the coolest motherfucker. He's the only likable one of the bunch. Well, I mean, I don't know about the I don't know about the new bases. Like the old bases was cool. Not the one that died, but like the one that actually was with them on their on their successful albums. I don't I don't know about the one that died. He he might have been an asshole. Well, I don't I don't know about the uh, was like the it's like a native looking dude. Jason Newstead, he seemed like he's cool. I've seen him in interviews. And he seemed like he was a cool dude. I don't know I don't know anything about Cliff, you know. He didn't exist in the age where you got to know artists on a personal level. He, he went through the windshield of a bus long before that happened. Now we know, now we got to know, you know, James Hetfield is a piece of shit. Chris Ulrich is a piece of shit. With the the little dude with the curly hair, he's fucking cool. I like that guy an awful lot. Oh, what are we talking about tonight on the show? Unfortunately, I got cop videos for you. If you enjoy cop videos, then this is the show for you. If you enjoy videos of cops taping bags of milk to a door, this is the show for you. We're also going to talk about some soup tonight. We got soup for our family. Pro-democracy protester in the UK was uh, arrested 
Spoils. We've got the video I was telling you about earlier. Uh, DeSantis arresting people in a voter fraud sting. The video is apparently very confusing. That The cops are confused. The people being arrested are confused. Kind of an expose. I believe it's by the Tampa Bay Times or whatever that newspaper is called. We're also going to talk about the Washington Post piece. Apparently, they uh, investigated the revolving door of generals that retired from service and then went to lobby and work on behalf of dictators and autocratic countries that aren't friendly to the U.S. Who'd Who'd have thunked it? So, jam-packed show tonight. Tones, good evening. Do you want to talk about the Rubio Demings debate first? Um, Demings was very likable. I feel like she went in there very much with the idea that she was going to talk down to him. <laughs> and I, I was kind of into it. She took kind of like a, you know, like a, like a motherly or grandmotherly tone. If you guys know what I mean. Marco held his own. Like he didn't have any big slip ups. He got laughed at that one time. I don't even remember what he got laughed at. He twice said she had never passed anything. What he meant was that bills that she had sponsored she had never sponsored anything I can't imagine that she hadn't co-signed onto pieces of legislation I can't imagine as long as she's been in Congress that they haven't passed something she's co-signed onto so Marco was making a very specific claim about her sponsoring legislation in the past apparently she had and she was able to throw one out that made her look really well made her look really good uh, like honor of a, a fallen soldier or police officer or some shit I can't even remember now but he twice said the claim she'd never passed anything and that can't possibly be true but he asserted it with such confidence now I get what he means but what he said was just flat out not true So I just want to point that out. Uh, also, what was the thing that I had to look up? Oh, yeah, the board. He brought up, uh, said there were eight cases of babies that, here, put that up on He said there were eight cases in Florida in, like, the last year of, of babies being born live after a failed abortion I do not believe that now uh, I believe I found what he was citing which was a far right propaganda site but uh, this is from a couple of years ago this is from factcheck.org because apparently this has been a thing in Florida for a while this born alive bill Okay, so what statistics are available on cases of failed abortions in which a baby is born alive? How often does it happen? 
some limited data on babies born alive as the result of an abortion procedure, but it's unclear what the medical circumstances were in each of these cases. There's more extensive data on when abortions are performed. We'll go through the available numbers. First, in terms of a baby's viability, the ability to survive outside the womb. One, and I'm sorry like if this is triggering for anybody. This was a topic in the debate tonight. Uh, the ability to survive outside the womb. One 2015 study in the New England uh, Journal of Medicine on preterm births said active life-saving intervention for infants born before 22 weeks of gestation is generally not recommended, whereas the approach for infants born at or after 22 weeks of gestation varies. The study noted the extremely difficult decision on whether to use treatment for infants. Born near the limit of viability, saying that while in some cases treatment is clearly indicated or not, in many cases it is unclear whether treatment is in the infant's best interest. The study looked at cases of 4,987 infants without congenital uh, anomalies or birth defects born before 27 weeks of gestation. It found that 5.1% of babies born at 22 weeks of gestation age survived and 3.4% survived without severe impairment weeks further into gestation at 26 weeks 81.4% of babies survived this is just, this is just them surviving this is just the ability to survive outside the womb Okay, here we go. What about abortions that result in a live birth? One CDC report on death certificates for infants 2003 through 2014 showed 143 deaths involving induced terminations of pregnancies during that 12-year period, 97 of which involved a maternal complication or one or more congenial anomalies. So the eight in a year... does seem to comport with that number that seems national. This is 143 deaths over a 12-year period. 97 of which involved maternal complications or one or more congenial anomalies. The data only includes deaths occurring to those infants born alive. Fetal deaths, stillbirths are not included. CDC noted that the 143 number could be an underestimate of induced terminations of pregnancies. Looking at the data, the CDC found some cases where it was unclear whether a pregnancy termination was induced or spontaneous in such cases. Uh, So we don't even know if these are, you know, like induced abortions. Such cases uh, are in such cases if congenial anomalies and maternal complications also were involved, the CDC assumed. Those were spontaneous terminations due to the strong association between severe congenial or congenital anomalies or mater- I may have been saying that wrong the whole time or maternal complications and premature labor and birth. In other words, the CDC assumes such cases were premature labor as opposed to a decision to induce labor or in the pregnancy. Florida in 2018, there were six reported born alive cases out of 70,000 abortions, according to state reports. As for late-term abortions, two occurred in the third trimester, one due to life endangerment, one due to serious fetal defect. I don't, I don't know what to make of that. So there you go. That's the, that's the information.
sounds like all of the cases and heartbreaking cases where people aren't um, just willy-nilly saying they don't want a baby like right-wingers make it out to be because they are intellectually dishonest. But hey, that takes us to our first story of the night. Biden says if the Democrats retain control, they will codify Roe v. Wade. meeting at the Howard Theater in Northwest D.C. There, the president urged voters to put more Democrats in Congress in next month's election to keep control of both the House and the Senate. If we do that, here's the promise I make to you and the American people. The first bill that I will send to the Congress will be to codify Roe v. Wade. Now we're getting a response from the pro-abortion rights group NARAL. It says, quote, it's this simple. If anti-choice Republicans win control of Congress, they will pass a national ban on abortion. If Democrats win, they will defend Roe. And now this from the group Susan B. Anthony Pro-Life America. We encourage pro-life Republicans to keep going on offense. I think there is will willpower in the Senate that if there are Two or three more Democrats in the Senate, they are indeed going to pass it. And it would pass the House if if Democrats retain control. I mean, if they retain control by three or four seats. There are a couple of pro-life Democrats. Early voting is underway in several states, including Georgia. Georgia breaks first day early voting record. Nearly doubles the figure from the last midterms. Turnout for Georgia's first day of early voting set a new state record for a midterm election, state election officials said. More than 131,000 Georgia voters cast ballots since early voting began on Monday. Bigger for you. The new early voting data in Georgia comes three weeks before Election Day with high-profile candidates Raphael Warnock, Herschel Walker, Brian Kemp, Stacey Abrams, and Marjorie Taylor Greene on the ballot. I think uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene is in any danger of losing her seat. Polls have really tightened in the Walker-Warnock race. Abrams is still within striking distance of Kemp. That's That's where everything is at, in Georgia at least. For a turnout for, uh, from Georgia's first day of early voting set a new state record for a midterm election, nearly doubling the figure from the same time period in the previous midterms, state election officials said on Tuesday. 131,000 Georgia voters cast ballots since early voting began on Monday, according to the office of Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger. The figure represents an 85% boost. 85% boost over the 2018 midterms. Georgia's latest tally is also nearly as large as the state's first day of early voting in the 2020 presidential election. New early voting data in Georgia, which corresponds with a similar surge in turnout during the primary season, comes three weeks before the November 8th midterms when the balance of power in Congress and key state-level posts will be decided. Republicans are also turning out their base as well. 
What is up, Ida? Welcome. Good evening. Let's move to this fuck nut over on CNBC. I think we we're reading from CNBC just now. He says if the Republicans are ahead in the generic poll, which apparently they have retaken the generic poll, Republicans are likely to retake the House this fall. 22 days and counting until the midterm elections and a new poll is making waves. It suggests that Republicans have regained the momentum in their bid to take control of Congress. According to the latest New York Times-Siena poll, 49% of likely voters say they'll vote Republican. 45% say they'll vote Democrat. Now, that's a three-point swing toward the GOP since the last time this poll was taken back in September. And here's what's ringing alarm bells for Democrats. According to the poll, women are split evenly on whom they'll vote for, 47% to 47 percent that's a dramatic look at the breakdown it's a very specific age bracket i'm very sorry rb 18 point margin of course the poll showed the economy and inflation and inflation are the two top issues right now outpacing abortion which has become a key issue for democratic candidates nationwide ever since the supreme court overturned Roe versus Wade. Brandon Summer is Larry definitely Sabato in the rear view. Director of the Center for Politics at the University of Virginia, Larry Sabato. Now, if this poll is right, then we are seeing a drama. Oh, my man, what's going on? Going Republican. How <laughs> Seriously, that was hilarious. How might this swing be? Yes, if if it is right, we'll, we'll see whether other polls replicate this. But if this is significant of what's happening as the campaign and the polls are closing uh, 22 days in advance, then it means Republicans who were already favored to win the House will win the House by a larger margin than people expected. I think for some time, many of us have Uh-oh. thought the Republicans would end up gaining pretty much a minimum of 20 seats, maybe 30 seats. And uh, with that, they'll be able to govern the House and won't have to worry about uh, defections of two or three members. The Senate, of course, is completely different. Only a third of the states have Senate races up, and you have to look at each individual state. And as we all know, there's been a lot of turmoil in some of those races. So I think you have to set the Senate aside. But look, if Republicans are leading in the generic ballot, the uh, 49% for Republicans. I do want to point out that Iowa is back in play. It, the, the We thought the Democratic candidate was sinking after allegations that he he got a little handsy with one of his staffers but it looks like a uh, fucking i don't even remember the dude's name frankenfurter or something no michael franken in iowa actually stands a chance of possibly taking out chuck grassley possibly it's 46 percent for democrats uh, republicans are almost certain to win a substantial majority in the house So let's talk about candidates who are backing Mr. Trump's election denial narrative. Are they helping or hurting the GOP cause, or can you tell? Well, they're hurting, at least in the states that are competitive, because those are governor's races, secretary of state races, in some cases, U.S. Senate races. Uh, they, They do hurt because it seems unreasonable to the same independents who say they would like to vote Republican or are voting Republican in other races. So... They would be better off if they Mm -hmm. simply abandoned that position or at least didn't bring it up very often. Yeah. We've seen a couple of debates already. I still think Tim Ryan wins in Ohio. 
I still think Mandela Barnes pulls it out in Wisconsin. I still think Fetterman wins in Pennsylvania. This is a net gain of three seats, Democrats. I think it's possible that, you know, hey, they lose in New Hampshire. I don't think Arizona's in play. Apparently, Georgia is far closer than one would think based on Herschel Walker. <laughs> you think the Dems go down two seats, Mock? Mox thinks New Hampshire and Arizona are safe. I think Arizona is safe. I don't think Kelly is in any danger. Nevada is the the possible uh, issue with Catherine Cortez Masto refusing to debate Adam Laxalt. But Nevada is always tricky. Polling is always tricky. Nevada is a strong union state. And the unions usually come out and fucking vote. You think Nevada's Dunsville? You think Wisconsin, Florida, and Ohio? Well, Florida wouldn't. Florida wouldn't matter. Florida. A lot of people wouldn't expect Florida to even be in play. Wisconsin, I I can see. Uh, apparently, Ron Johnson opened up a lead in. Uh, Wisconsin following the debates where Mandela Barnes did incredibly well. Oh no, I think Ryan pulls it out in Ohio. Nevada, it's hard to get a, a what's going on in Nevada, especially because we don't have a debate. Watched a rally. We got to hear Adam Laxalt speak during a rally. I still think the Democrats pick up two or three seats. They've got too many in play. And there are shit-ass candidates from the right. And this isn't... I'm not even bringing up North Carolina. North Carolina is in, in play. Harry Beasley, this is an open seat. There is no incumbent advantage. Ted Budd uh, is a strong Trump back candidate that's polarizing, and Beasley was a. I, I I try to point it out to the chat, like you may not like what she's saying, but like, she may win in North Carolina. She was a Supreme Court justice. She was very conservative, but she was she was likable. Ready, of course, the Georgia one the other night was a big headline maker. Tonight, several more of them, Ohio, Utah Senate, Georgia, and Iowa gubernatorial. Have you seen any Democrat anywhere offer a powerful rebuttal to Republican attacks on inflation and tagging the Democrats with responsibility for it? No. And Tyler, that is, I think, the biggest failure of the Democratic campaign. You can understand why they're stressing abortion rights. You can understand why they're talking about the future of democracy. But the number one issue has been and continues to be and may be growing in importance, inflation in the economy. Where is the Democratic rebuttal? It's not enough to simply change subjects, which a lot of Democrats have been trying to do. And they need to get on this quickly. Larry, always great to see you. Larry Sabato, University of Virginia. We're also in, the, in this weird period where 
you know, it's it's kind of a strong job market, so it's hard to hard to gauge what's going on out there. But there, the media is definitely hammering home uh, inflation. We've heard about it in every debate. It has been the leading question in several of the debates. The Supreme Court declines to consider a challenge to a racist citizenship law. The, the layoffs are coming from large companies that were overvalued anyway. They're shedding jobs because they were bloated to begin with. So I, I don't know I don't know exactly what's going on. Intel announcing layoffs is very surprising. It is very surprising to me. Consumer confidence has still been going up. It's weird. It's weird. Supreme Court on Monday refused to reconsider the so-called insular cases, a series of cases decided in the early 1900s that are infamous today for their racist foundation. Court's action dashes hopes of American Samoans who are seeking birthright citizenship. It also leaves intact a Tenth Circuit decision that has been seen as breathing new life into constitutional distinctions between U.S. states and territories, which former Acting Solicitor General Neil Katyal said established a second class of unequal Americans. Thank you, Supreme Court. Attorney Neil Weir, president of the organization representing the plaintiffs in this case, echoed the sentiment, the Supreme Court's refusal to reconsider the insular cases today reflects that equal justice under the law does not mean the same thing for 3.6 million residents of U.S. territories as it does for everyone else. At issue in the case was the way that people born in various U.S. territories are treated under law when it comes to U.S. citizenship. The Constitution says that anyone born or naturalized in the United States is a citizen of the country. But for U.S. territories, eligibility for birthright citizenship in the territories is controlled only by Congress. It is not constitutionally guaranteed. Wow. Residents of Puerto Rico, Guam, the U.S. Virgin Islands, and the Northern Marineras Islands are deemed U.S. citizens... Marianas. I said Marinera. <laughs> the North Marianas Islands are deemed U.S. I am sorry to the people of the Northern Marianas Islands. <laughs> My sincere apologies. Maybe I'm hungry right now. But American Samoans are not. Congress has not granted birthright citizenship to residents of American Samoa or Swains Island. I I have not heard of that one. What the fuck is Swains Island? Both of which are only classified as outlying possessions. Hold on. Swains Island.
Sweens? Sweens? Looks like Swain's Island is in Newfoundland. It looks like Sweens. The remote coral atoll? We're learning all kinds of shit tonight. An atoll is a ring-shaped island. I don't even know if I'm saying that right. Including a coral rim that encircles a lagoon partially or completely. Interesting. There may be coral islands or caves on the rim. Atolls are located in warm tropical or subtropical oceans and seas where corals can grow. So... The Tween's Island is a remote coral atoll in the Tokelau Islands in the South Pacific Ocean. The island is the subject of an ongoing territorial dispute between Tokelau and the United States. And I'm probably I'm probably pretty close to saying that. Correct. I'll give myself props. And Tokelau sounds really fucking cool. Sounds like my kind of people. Uh, so it's a territorial dispute between Tokelau and the United States, which is administered as part of American Samoa since 1925. Privately owned by the family of Eli Hutchinson Jennings since 1856, Tween's Island was used as a corpora plantation until 1967. It has not been permanently inhabited since 2008. It has often been visited by members of the Jennings family, scientific researchers, and amateur radio operators. There's... I don't know if this one's it, but there's one island that's a U.S.-designated territory or whatever the fuck that um, we just use it to get board, uh, bird shit from. Apparently that shit is very valuable. We just use the island to get bird shit from it. It was like, it's got a lot of rocks and bird shit on them. (laughs) What's it? It's got a name. Guam? No, that's a country. I want to say it starts with a G or some shit like that. Sounds like there's some weird history with this fucking island, though. Anyway, the Supreme Court declined to give citizenship to American Samoa citizens. So, yet again, fuck the Supreme Court. That's how we got on to talking about the swings. Swings? I don't know if I'm saying it correctly. It hasn't been inhabited since 2008. Is Guam is a territory. War is like the shit they scrape off of rocks. Like bird poop. No, war is that band that you see at Halloween. I'm sorry. I apologize to everyone listening to the stream. Police cameras show confusion and anger over DeSantis's voter fraud arrests. 
We're reading from the Tampa Bay Times. This was local reporting. Local police carrying out the arrest were patient, understanding, almost apologetic. Police went to arrest Tony Patterson outside his Tampa home in August. He couldn't believe the reason. So let's see. What Apparently, I, I guess you have a warrant. For what? I'm not it's sure. For voter stuff, man. For voters. It's, it's okay. what it is. It, I think the agents with FDLE talked to you last week about some voter fraud, voter stuff, when you weren't supposed to be voting, maybe. I didn't. So. What are they talking about? They, that's what you're, they, we're not the case agents, but what you got to do, they, they have reduced your bond quite a bit. It, it's two felony charges for voter fraud, but they've reduced it to $500 bonds. So it's $1,000 total. Oh, my God, man. What so, the? Yes, sir. So, unfortunately, right now, we're going to have to take you to jail. Wow, man. Why are they doing this to me? Now, just to point out, Florida passed a law that allowed felons to vote again if they've paid all their fines and they weren't, like, violent offenders. There were, there were some catches to it. But then the state sent out people specifically targeting felons and telling them, here, register to vote. And then arrested them. Nothing, nobody, man. Vote a What is vote a when you're not supposed to, sir? Our understanding of the Because of your sex offender status, you're not supposed to be voting. You don't have a non-support warrant. Nobody, what they got I don't know this. Vote a Let's walk over to my car, okay? Why is y'all doing this now and, and this happened years ago? I don't know. I, I have no idea, man. This is crazy, man. Yes, sir. We're going to go over to the hood of my car and I got to search you, okay? What is wrong with this state, man? <laughs> what is wrong with this fucking state? Florida. Florida. <laughs> it's Florida, sir. That's what's wrong with that state. The ween of the United States. The August 18th arrest conducted hours before DeSantis called a news conference, of course he did, to tout his crackdown on alleged voter fraud were carried out by state police officers accompanied by local law enforcement. Never before seen footage obtained by the Times Herald through public records requests offers a personal glimpse of the effects of DeSantis' efforts to root out perceived voter fraud. Yep, we got another one here. So this is Ramona Oliver being detained by the police. Oliver, you just got married, right? Yes. Okay. So, ma'am, we have a warrant for your arrest. For what? From voter fraud. Good, how are you? Right. Boss, how's it going? Oh, my God. How's it going? Let me tell my husband. We, we, we're telling him. He's right here. Right here. So, if you could put your hands on your back, please. Oh, my God. Do so, not move. Ultimately, ma'am, you have a warrant? Okay. The warrant. No. Listen, no. Hold on. Listen. I know you're... And you caught off oh my God, she's shaking. Right, so you have a warrant so for voter fraud. Okay, hear me out. It's an ROR. You know what an ROR is? Oh my God. You go in, you get booked, and then they're going to release you from booking. You can go right out. You're going to be right back out. Okay. Right back out, right back but you have a warrant, and it's from FPLE. Okay. Okay. All right. So I know you're caught off guard, but 
unfortunately that's how this stuff works, okay? He's still going to be in there a few hours. Okay. Yep. I'm like, voting fraud? I voted, but I ain't fought, commit no fraud. Well, so th that's the thing. I, I don't know. Noticing a pattern, are you, Warlord? You do have a warrant. That's what it's for. Okay. Oh, my God. So now, uh, are Democrats being hyperbolic when they say Jim Crow 2.0? I don't know. This is anecdotal. Here's another arrest. Nathan Hart detained for voter fraud. Hey, Nathan. Hey, Nathan. How you doing? Can I come out and talk to me real quick? Sure. How are you? I'm doing well. Hey, unfortunately, you got a warrant out, okay? Warrant? Yes, sir. Dude's got a shirt on that says, I'm a dick 316. He's kicking authority in the balls. <laughs> I like this dude. Can you put your hands behind your back for me? We'll go over here in just here a second. I want to make perfectly clear that my position is that nobody should have their right to vote taken away from them, that prisoners should be allowed to vote perverse to give the state an incentive to lock people up and deprive them of their vote. Out here, so that was at the, the driver's license place, getting my new driver's license. Yeah. The guy there asked me, he says, hey, can you vote? He says, hey, are you ready to vote? I said, no, I'm convicted felon. I'm pretty sure I can. He goes, well, are you still on probation? I said, no. Uh, I got off probation like a month ago. He goes, well, then you can probably vote. Hey, just fill out the form, and if you can vote, and they'll let you do your card. You can't vote, then you won't. And I'm like, all right. He says, well, just stop the form. And if you know if they let you vote, then you can. If they don't, then you can. And there's your defense. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, so I, that I sounds like really, a loophole to me. Uh, well, we can hope. I hope there is a class action suit against all of the cops involved in this, Ron DeSantis. State law says that a voter has to willfully commit the crime, a hurdle that has forced some prosecutors not to charge ineligible voters. Uh, in Lake County this year, for example, prosecutors declined to bring charges against six convicted sex offenders who voted in 2020. In all the instances where sex offenders voted, each appear to have been encouraged to vote by various mailings and misinformation. This is according to the prosecutor in the case. Each were given voter registration cards, which would lead one to believe they could legally vote in the election. The evidence fails to show willful actions on the part of these individuals. DeSantis's voter fraud arrests are being carried out by the Office of Statewide Prosecution, which is restricted by law to prosecuting crimes, including voting, involving two or more judicial circuits. Those crimes are usually complex, often large-scale, organized criminal activity. Even the Tampa police officer driving Patterson to the jail seemed surprised by the charges against him. En route, the officer received a phone call and appeared to briefly discuss Patterson's case. And my brother told me to vote for these people. Vote. I didn't even want... That's what I'm talking about, man. I always listen to everybody else. Vote for this. Vote for... I mean, come on, man. And then I thought my fucking uh, felons were able to vote. That's why I signed a petition for 
And this dude has now been properly scared out of ever voting again in his life. Fuck it. It is not worth this bullshit. And that's that's the chilling effect these kind of actions have. Even if even if he, he sues and wins money for wrongful arrest. I'd say he's still going to be like, fuck it, because he didn't want to vote to begin with. If I remember... Why would y'all let me vote if I wasn't uh, wasn't able to vote? I'm not sure, buddy. I don't know. And then why now? This happened years ago. Why now? DeSantis could hold a press conference. Why me? He's running for Um, for president. CRA about to take this guy to jail. (laughs) Dude, these... uh, I've never seen these charges before in my entire life. <laughs> yep, even the cop seems bewildered. Surely they know something funky is going on. That, ladies and gentlemen, is what Governor Ron DeSantis is doing down in Florida. I do want to point out, we get a debate. Ron DeSantis and Charlie Crist is... Monday. Ron DeSantis, the Republican incumbent for governor in Florida, who's pulling this kind of bullshit. Be debating Charlie Crist, the former Republican governor of Florida, now Democrat candidate for governor. He's worse than a shit lib, but I mean... Better than DeSantis? I don't know. It's Florida, man. Florida. Val Demings wins. Hell, hell yeah, because like that's the best Florida could ever hope to do. Shit, I'm amazed Marco isn't worse than what he fucking is. I mean, look at the other senator from Florida, Rick motherfucking Scott. I'm just saying, Florida doesn't have a good track record. Sorry, sorry to pick on Floridians. Really sorry, people of Florida. You know I love you. A pro-democracy protester was arrested in the UK. Uh, outside of the Chinese embassy, I do believe. The Chinese consulate. British police are investigating an incident involving a protester who appeared to be pulled inside the grounds of a Chinese consulate and beaten. Oh, it was the Chinese doing it. The incident took place during clashes at a pro-democracy demonstration where banners and slogans against the Chinese Communist Party and President Xi Jinping have been erected. The Council General may be involved with the beating warlord says a man was hauled through a gate into the consular grounds where he was kicked and punched by five men. Police eventually stepped through the gate and pulled the man out. 
though. Props to British police for... China's foreign ministry said the disturbing elements had illegally entered the consulate and called on Britain to strengthen its protection of Chinese diplomatic premises and personnel. So China is not even taking responsibility for it. Oh, come on. Who Who is going to beat a, a protester if it's, if it's not on the behalf of the Chinese government? Come on. Props to the British police. Not the way I thought that one was going to go. That's, that's what I get. Well, I just read the headlines. Climate protesters threw soup on a Van Gogh painting. No paintings were harmed in the filming of this protest. Ooh, is France striking again? No, I didn't even know that. Let's find out. I'm kind of surprised that the beer, that the the British police stepped into the consulate and pulled what the dude is out. Worth more, art or life? Is it worth more than food? Worth more than justice? Are you more concerned about the protection? I'm concerned about the fact that you used like a can of Heinz tomato soup. That shit is nasty. I'm sorry. I'm, I am a food snob. I really am. Canned <laughs> <laughs> uh, soup in general. ...of a painting or the protection of our planet and people. The cost of living crisis is part of the cost it's of... It's behind glass. It wasn't damaged. Fuel is unaffordable to millions of cold, hungry families. They can't even afford to heat a tin of soup. Meanwhile, crops are failing. Millions of people are dying in monsoons, wildfires and severe drought. We cannot afford new oil and gas. It is going to take everything we know and love. I mean... They're right. Oh, God. You want to hear right-wingers in Australia talk about them? Let's do it. Don't argue against climate change. You are no better. You are no better uh, than this just-stop-oil mob who vandalised a Van Gogh painting at the National Gallery in London. Uh, Oh, was his name Van Gogh? Have I been getting it wrong all this time? Famous uh, Van Gogh sunflowers painting. Uh, We've got a bit of a clip here. We'll just show you that, then we'll talk about it. Remember, no paintings were harmed in this demonstration. Just want to say it again. So they they super glued or gorilla glued their hands to the wall. This is this is just insane. This is one of those priceless paintings that they have at this museum. There's no guard there. There's no uh, patrons. I mean, if I was there, I would have. First of all. There is a price. Like, it's worth like 30 million or some shit like that. That's all the price. I know there is an actual price, so it's not priceless, dumb shit. Get it straight. Tackle these people. Who's letting these people walk in with just stop oil t shirts? Maybe that's your first clue that these people aren't exactly <laughs> art lovers. Now, have a look at this, so if we can run a bit of this here. They, these guys stuck themselves to the wall and they were there for Christ knows how long. But then, have a look at this footage because we also, this is how the French. 
deal with protesters who glue themselves to road. They don't care about, you know, getting a little nail polish river. They just yank these guys off. And this guy, this guy, this guy is doing the biggest dive you see this side of the World Cup. <laughs> that's hilarious. That's hilarious. Wow, this is some real coke cringe. To the road. That's, oh, no. that, is, that is really funny. But um, to your point, maybe when they saw the t-shirt, they thought it was a Watercolors Lovers Association. Yes, just, just stop oils. Painting. Just yes. stop oils. Yeah. Uh, but but uh, this sun, uh, Van Gogh Sunflower, we predicted this. Sarah Dudley on the cover of the Spectator Australia. Two I didn't years even ago, get the saga reverence. Uh, would be the target of uh, right over my of head. these sorts of cultural cleansers, of these decolonizers, of these kind of leftists. And we actually uh, had the cover of Sunflowers there, uh, which uh, we're going to put up in a second. And uh, we saw, uh, you know, this is, this is a war not only climate change, not only against oil. I have no clue what's going on. We have... <laughs> It says cultural cleansing on the screen. And there's a, there's a, like a raid spray bottle, I guess. Roundup, a roundup spray bottle, but it says decolonizing spray. Kills 99% of slavers. Eliminates imperialists. Blocks white privilege. <laughs> you want to purchase decolonization spray? I may have to start selling that on the freak store. The spray bottle is based. Cultural cleansing. Let's get back to the real news. <laughs> oh God, I... I got coke cringe for for this as well. My apologies. I'm like, let's get back to the real news. And then I pull up a Fox News clip. My God. I thought it was going to be an AP story. But no, no. I remember now as I was doing my notes. I'm like, oh, let's listen to what Fox has to say about this. Because I'm an idiot and I'm a glutton for, for punishment. Igor Dushenko. The, the only prosecution to come from the... Durham investigation into the beginning of the Russia investigation. Found not guilty. Uh, Igor Danchenko, the Russian national accused of being the primary subsource for Christopher Steele. The subsource. Guilty again. Igor Danchenko, not guilty Uh, in a court. A jury of his peers, 12 jurors decided uh, they would not put him behind bars or not find him guilty on four counts of lying to the FBI. Now, Dan Shanko, like this dude, uh, and I don't know why. At the time, we don't know exactly if he breathed a sigh of relief. We had to come out and get this news out as soon as possible. However, uh, this is part of John Durham's investigation, the special counsel of the robot. By this isn't even a dude. Bill Barr back in May 2019 to look at the origins of the narrative that pinned Donald Trump to Russia. Uh, Back in 2016, early 2017, we covered extensively uh, efforts by the FBI and others to investigate Trump. Uh, That was kind of the purpose of the entire Mueller report. So John Durham was tasked with looking at the origins of the Russia uh, narrative to see where it came from. He charged a Hillary Clinton campaign attorney named Michael Sussman last year. Michael Sussman was on trial also 
for lying to the FBI. He was acquitted in May. Uh, and this is John Durham, the special counsel's second loss uh, in a court of he went law. Owen to told that John Durham is still going to move forward with a narrative, something written, a, a report, a full report for the public to be able to see kind of weaving this entire narrative and, and really putting a bow on this more than three year investigation. But right now we can Buddy, tell you I hope it's an apology to all of us guilty on all four counts. Neil jurors began deliberating yesterday at two in the afternoon, went for three hours, went all day today. We were kind of wondering what was going on today. And then about 40 minutes ago, they had a question about uh, a conversation that took place with an FBI agent. Then about 20 minutes later, they came back and they said not guilty on all four counts. Neil. One of the counts, a fifth count, was dropped by the judge So I'm just wondering what this does to special counsel John Durham's case going forward. There is no case going forward, Neil yeah, Cavuto. Yeah, we'll have to see what happens. And that, what was dropped is, was a, a, um, a conversation that Danchenko allegedly had with a man named Chuck Dolan, who's a Democratic operative. Uh, the special counsel said that Danchenko spoke to Dolan and used some of that information in the Steele dossier, that document that was, you know, trying to take down Donald Trump. However, Danchenko's attorneys and the judge ultimately said Dolan and Danchenko communicated via email, so they technically did not speak. Therefore, Judge Anthony Tranga threw out that one charge on a technicality. What happened today, Neil, was four different counts uh, dealing with Danchenko talking to an FBI agent named Kevin Helson and repeating. So we're not throwing it to the five or anything. We're not going to get any real good cope here. Let's move on to this investigation. This is one by the Washington Post. Washington Post investigation finds a new revolving door for retired U.S. military. We found that more than 500 retired U.S. military personnel since 2015 have gone to work for foreign governments or for foreign-owned companies. The vast majority of those are in the Middle East. One of the most prominent of these consultants is retired four-star general James Jones. Jones spent decades in service to the United States of America. The American people owe Jim an unbelievable debt of gratitude for a lifetime of service. Sounds like we owe Jim a kick in the ass. Four-star Marine General, Commandant of the Marine Corps, NATO's Supreme Allied Commander, Europe, and National Security Advisor to President Barack Obama. Jim has always been a steady voice in Situation Room sessions, daily briefings, and with meetings with foreign leaders. But there's one title that isn't advertised on the website of his private consulting firm, Jones Group International, and that's advisor to the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia and the country's leader, Mohammed bin Salman. Saudis. He's working for Prince Bonesaw. Qatar, Kuwait, Oman, Israel. A lot of these retired U.S. military personnel have expertise that these countries really value as they try and expand their own militaries. It's a new revolving door, and it can be very lucrative for retired U.S. military personnel. The retired officers are supposed to get permission before accepting jobs with foreign countries or companies. The U.S. government wants to make sure that 
these retired military personnel retain their loyalty to the United States and that they aren't taking jobs or consulting roles that could conflict U.S. policy with what these people are doing overseas. They also still receive a pension from U.S. taxpayers. According to documents obtained by The Washington Post through the Freedom of Information Act, General Jones did receive permission from the State Department for his company to do business with foreign governments. In an interview with The Washington Post, Jones said that he and his company agreed to conduct an organizational assessment of the Saudi armed forces starting in 2017. But only after checking with officials at the White House, State Department and Defense Department and obtaining their support. Saudi Arabia has been in the news quite a bit because the U.S. government has accused the crown prince, Mohammed bin Salman, of orchestrating the assassination, the murder of Washington Post columnist Jamal Khashoggi. Now, General Jones and his company... Oh, yeah, that's why, this is why Washington Post has it out for him. Crown prince. So they were working for the crown prince before Khashoggi was murdered. After Khashoggi was murdered, they, they kept going. They kept working for them. In his interview with The Post, Jones said he was very shocked and surprised at what evidently happened to Khashoggi. But he said his company received encouragement from the U.S. government to keep working for the Saudis. Jones told The Post that he was worried that the Saudis would possibly drift off to other relationships with the Chinese and the Russians. So I think that's the question. It's one more of ethics. And in particular in Saudi Arabia, they've been carrying on a war in next-door Yemen for the last several years. It's been a real humanitarian crisis. Funded by the U.S. If you're retired U.S. military personnel, in particular if you were high-ranking general or admiral, uh, do you really want to go work for a government with not very good human rights records or governments that aren't democracies like the United States? Even harder to obtain have been records that show how much these generals are being paid. The Washington Post has been suing the government under the Freedom of Information Act to obtain that information. We hope to find out that information soon. Jones Group International continues to consult for foreign governments and companies, including Saudi Arabia. Oh, yeah, I was aware of that, Mox. Fair enough, fair enough. But the man still didn't deserve to be dismembered. Speaking of dismemberment, in Oklahoma, they have arrested a suspect. Fantastic segue. Now in custody in connection with the gruesome murders of four friends in Oklahoma. Police arresting Joe Kennedy in what they say was a stolen vehicle after discovering their dismembered bodies in a river and finding evidence of a violent event near his scrapyard. Although the official cause and manner of death is still pending, each victim suffered gunshot wounds. Authorities are not calling Kennedy a suspect, but do believe he has important information about what happened. Investigators say Kennedy was initially speaking with them, but they hadn't heard from him since Saturday. On Tuesday, they say they found him in Florida in that stolen car. They say there was no prior connection between him and the victims, identified as Mark and Bill Chastain, Mike Sparks and Alex Stevens. We believe the men plan to commit some type of criminal act. That belief is based on information supplied by a witness. Mark and Bill Chastain's cousin, Ashley, dismissing claims that the men were heading out to do something criminal. Whether it was right by you, me, 
or anybody else to Whether you consider it criminal or we consider it criminal, that's a completely different story. Last Monday. When he didn't show up at 7 o'clock in the morning. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry talk Criminal act. That belief is based on information supplied by a witness. Mark and Bill Chastain's cousin, Ashley, dismissing claims that the men were heading out to do something criminal. Whether it was right by you, me, or anybody else's standards, their lives meant something. Mark Chastain's wife filing a missing persons report last Monday. When he didn't show up at 7 o'clock in the morning, that's not like him. I knew something was wrong. Police say a warrant has also been issued for Kennedy's arrest in connection with a separate shooting back in 2012. It's the same Oklahoma County where the bodies of those four men were found. Rena Roy, ABC. And he fled to Florida because, of course, he did. <laughs> I do not mean to laugh at the tragic circumstances of those four men in Oklahoma who were dismembered by that dude for some reason. Woman in Oklahoma was stopped by the cops and apparently harassed. Property manager, which is like one step below a landlord, so you know, eat them. Also, she probably didn't deserve to be treated like this by the cops. Stop. Can you unhook? Can y'all stop? Okay. Like, what are you doing? You got her seatbelt. Please stop. Stop. Please let go of me. Stop resisting. Please, I'm not res. You got me. Yeah, you are. You got me. Okay, alright. What are you doing? Ma'am, okay, don't drag me out. Then get out of the car. I will if you will let If you will release my arm. Get out of the car. If you will release my arm, I will. If you will release my arm, I will. Because you're grabbing my arm very tightly. Okay. You're grabbing my arm very tightly. Let me go. Okay. And I'll get out. Okay. Step back. Don't start. Okay. Right okay. It no, sure is. Okay. No, and you're not. Why is she poking her? I know I haven't did anything okay. wrong. Okay. How many times have I asked you? Now? Please let go of me. me. What are you doing? Right. Let go of me. Let go of me. Let go of me. Because I can tell you already. I don't like. The, I don't like that woman cop's attitude. <laughs> I was hyperventilating so bad I started vomiting. Jelena Dunlop told Newsweek, I want the rest of the story. What's going on? Please stop. Can you Can y'all stop? Okay. Like, what are you doing? Newsweek article, where is it at? Property manager in North Carolina was leaving her work site when she became the target of police. 
Anna Dunlop told Newsweek she was taking photos of a property on September 6. Her boss had received a citation from the city of Fayetteville, North Carolina, about people illegally dumping old furniture and trash on the site. So Dunlop was sent to document any dumping. After taking four pictures, Dunlop got back into her car and put her seatbelt on. That was when two Fayetteville... God damn it. Fuck, fuckity, fuck, 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 fuck. All right, you get timer has started. Trying to explain that she was taking pictures for her boss. It was you did it during the cop stories. The officers who were searching for a suspected fugitive nearby asked to see her identification. Dunlop refused, knowing that North Carolina is not a stop-and-identify state. That means residents are not legally obligated to provide an ID if they are not reasonably suspected of committing a crime. One of the police officers ran her license plate number and came up with her mother's name. Dunlop Dunlop confirmed that the car was registered by her mother, repeating her own name for the officers, but they did not leave. Her attorney said they plan on filing a federal lawsuit. He said the police violated several of Dunlop's rights, including her First Amendment right to record, her Fourth Amendment protection from unreasonable search and seizure, and state laws against assault and battery, de-escalation training, which teaches police officers ways to resolve confrontations without violence, has been shown to dramatically reduce the number of people injured or killed by police. Ah. I probably should have hit the content warning forever ago, but here's another one for you. Kansas police ignored claims that there was a serial killer murdering black women. A warning to our listeners and viewers. We begin today's show with a story that includes graphic details of sexual violence. On October 7th, a 22-year-old black woman in Excelsior Springs, Missouri, escaped from a white man who she says held her captive in his basement for nearly a month, whipping, torturing, and raping her repeatedly. The woman fled and knocked on a neighbor's door for help after the man left the house to take his son to school. About... 7.30 a.m., I faintly heard a young female um, saying, help me. Lisa Johnson was the first person to encounter the woman and to help rescue her. She told the Excelsior Citizen the woman was nearly naked as she pleaded for help. It was actually like an S&M dress. It was plastic, black plastic, very short. It wasn't shorts. It was a dress. That's all she had on, and the duct tape around her neck and the collar. Um, and she was—it was restricted. It was a metal collar. It looked like a shot collar, a homemade one. At that, I seen the her wrists were pretty messed up and her ankles. Mm-hmm. Asked what she needed. It was obvious. I didn't really have to ask at that point. I just started looking. Um, first thing I did was tell her I was calling the police. That kind of agitator, she told her that if I called the police, that he would kill both of us if he found out. Um, She said he already killed her two friends that she was with. The woman who escapes that other black women were killed by her abductor. 
She's not spoken publicly. She's not been named. But she helped break open a story that the Kansas City police had vehemently denied. As community members raised alarm that black women and girls were being disappeared in September, possibly by a serial killer, police responded by saying the reports were, quote, completely unfounded. Some of the concerns were raised in a now-viral video by Bishop Tony Caldwell of Eternal Life Church by the independent publication The Kansas City Defender. I am a little upset right now. The reason I'm upset is because we got four young ladies that have been murdered within the last week uh, here off of 85th and Prospect. We got a serial killer again, and ain't nobody saying nothing. The media's not covering it. We got three young ladies that are missing. Ain't nobody saying a word. What is the problem? Why, why can't we get some cooperation? Where's our community leaders? Where's our activists? With no profanity. Where's our public officials? Where's our police department? Where is those folks at? In President Gardens. Come on now. We, we need to start knocking doors. We need to start making sure that this is uh, brought to the light. We cannot continue to let this happen. After that video went viral in September, the Kansas City Police Department spokesperson insisted there was, quote, no basis to support this rumor, unquote. But police have since arrested 39-year-old Timothy Hazlitt of Excelsior Springs, Missouri, for kidnapping and torturing the woman who escaped. The Kansas City Defender has reported on his social media posts saying they show the sexual predator was, quote, a white supremacist who believed we are in a race war. For more, we're joined in Kansas City by two guests, Ryan Sorrell, founder of the black-led independent newspaper The Kansas City Defender, and Justice Gatson, executive director of the Real Justice Network, a black woman-led organization based in Kansas City, Missouri. Welcome you both to Democracy Now! I mean, Ryan, your black-led independent newspaper has been leading the charge on this as the police department adamantly denied there was any issue until this woman escaped with chains. Can you take us through this story and not only her story, but she said to the woman who helped her that her friends were killed? Absolutely. I mean, I think that this is one of the most horrific uh, tragedies that I have ever come across in my lifetime. I know that when we first reported this story, we received it from Numerous community members who are making these reports and testimonies is what we refer to them as. The police department refers to them as rumors, largely because they come from the black community. But we reported these reports and testimonies and many. Police in Kansas City ignored calls from the black community about women being abducted, raped, and tortured said it was completely fabricated, there was no truth to it, until a woman escaped wearing a, a, a plastic sadomasochistic dress and had duct tape and a shock collar on. Escaped. And that's how they were able to arrest the dude who was a white supremacist. And the cops did nothing about it. 
mid to late September. And, you know, rather than reaching out to us to understand and get, gather more information about where we got this information from, rather than reaching out to the community to understand where these concerns were coming from, the police department, three days after we reported this initially, uh, you know, came out and literally just said, these are completely unfounded rumors is what they called them. And as you mentioned, they said that there are no, there's no basis to support these claims. And so uh, to me and to us and our community, the number one, that was something I almost mentioned during the story, but the story kept getting worse and worse. He, she was able to escape when he took his kid. He had his kid there, took his kid. He had murdered people already had murdered her friends took his kid to school one problem with how the police department handled this situation was that they called it completely unfounded without doing any type of investigation at all and it seemed you know much more like they were actually trying to discredit our community voices and to silence our community voices than to uh, you know, look after what was actually happening in our community. And to us, that's a testament to the type of anti-blackness that is prevalent in our police department, which is also currently under. They were saying there was a serial killer. The police didn't believe them. They said, no, no, no. We had several young ladies go missing. At this profile. And the police said, nah, unfounded. Federal investigation for racism and discrimination. And so once these new revelations came out, I actually reached out to the police department to see if they would update their statement or if they still maintained their initial position. We actually that watched a video of one of the community leaders and they said that they do still maintain talking about there you know, being a serial killer. That clearly show that they were wrong. They said they still maintain their position that what we reported, they said specifically was completely unfounded. Uh, and so we think that this is a larger conversation even beyond this specific situation. We think that this speaks to the silencing uh, the violent silencing of black women, specifically of the black community at large here in Kansas City. And this is actually something that has been happening since the inception of the Kansas City Police Department. And uh, we, we know that this is not the first time that this has ever happened. Oh, and, and Ryan, I wondered if you could elaborate on that, some of the department's legacy of inflicting violence on the black community and also uh, at, and at times even police officers. I made it the 10 minutes, and it was the first time I ever did it all the way through. But to be fair, to be f- No, 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 you don't get to do that. I didn't cuss. But to be fair, to be fair, we were watching this Democracy Now! video, and Amy Goodman and the guest were doing the bulk of the conversing and I wasn't really saying anything I also cried over the story this is themselves implicated absolutely I mean our police department as I mentioned is under uh, federal investigation at this very moment uh, the federal investigation was launched a little bit over a month ago uh, even just this past year there have been multiple cases where the police department has been indicted for corruption uh, for for instance uh, a situation oh, last shit. year where the very first police a police officer in Kansas City Police Department history was finally indicted for the murder of an unarmed black man. And in that case, this was the case of Cameron Lamb. In that case, it was proven in the courtroom that the Kansas City Police Department planted evidence. They planted a gun uh, and said that it was from Cameron Lamb. In another instance, a man... Does not shock me at all. Texas... 
They apparently planted a bag of milk on somebody. The Texas Police Department apologizes as bizarre video captures officer taping a bag of milk on a man's door. The Lubbock police say returning mysterious milk bag was not the best course of action. Hollywood Hulk Hogan, 69. You live in sexual anarchy? Thank you for being a freaking follower. Coming in here with the voodoo child playing in my head now. Lubbock police say returning mysterious milk bag was not the best course of action. Police department in Northwest Texas has apologized for taping a see-through bag of, and, and the story is using quotes on milk front door of a man who it wrongfully believed was the rightful owner of the spilt white substance. JR, a local radio host for KRBL in Lubbock, shared a video from his Ring doorbell camera on Facebook last Wednesday when he said he was stunned to find a small amount of white liquid inside a see-through bag taped to his front door. So there's a shot of them taping them. It's 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 barely any fucking milk. Is this? I want to. I want to see this video. Milkgate. Why? Give me the milky. Give me the milky deets. Here we go. Not Uber Eats. Not those kids playing a prank on you. Not an early morning wake up call. But a bag of milk in a place that you would least expect it. And the Lubbock man who lives on the other side of the door has now gone viral. KLBK's Jaxie Pigeon talked with him today. <laughs> Matt, Terry, JR says he's had a lot of weird things happen to him in general. But this one takes the cake. Or should we say shake? Milk, that is. I open the door and there is something hanging, a liquid bag, on my door. What is that? Some may think, as a Lubbock radio personality, JR is milking this for attention. This is not a radio stunt. This is real. It happened to me, and I don't know why. Utterly confused, he immediately checked his doorbell camera. His reaction? Legendary. It was a police officer who put it there. I was pretty floored by this. Uh, I started to worry I was in trouble. I'm not sure where my mind went at that point. Like, this is how they mark someone who's done a crime. His call to the non-emergency line dispatcher, equally hilarious. Spoiler alert, he was just as confused as JR. 
the dispatcher, a very nice gentleman named Kyle, seemed just as perplexed as I was that there was a bag of... Can we talk to the cop? The cop is bound to have a name. There's bound to be a reason behind this. What looked like milk hanging on my door. And apparently some girl named Sarah asked a police officer to return this bag of milk to its owner and they thought I was its owner. I don't understand why any owner would want this milk back. And I don't know how taping it to the door preserves this milk anyway. So what do you do next? Post it on TikTok, of course. With nearly 12 million views, JR says he has no beef with the officer. In fact, he feels bad the video went as viral as it did. Right now, I'm I'm just more flabbergasted by it than anything else. It's not earned fame. The officer's the one who is actually in the video. The officer, I, I hope, once well, again, get, that he doesn't... Let me, let me get this straight. Let me get this straight. Let me get this straight. So cops refuse to investigate when a community tells them there's a serial killer on the loose and women missing. But if you ask one to go tape a bag of milk... And for those of you listening to the podcast, it's like a couple of teaspoons. It's not even a lot of milk. I, well, I'm, I, I can't hate on the cops because cops are useless. They'll tape a bag of milk to your door, but they won't go in and take out a mass shooter in Uvalde. Hopefully he enjoys some uh, notoriety off of what it was intended to be a good deed. Because JR's video went so viral, the Lubbock Police Department took to Facebook to avoid any more confusion. They said, quote, although the officer thought he was doing a good deed, based off the video footage captured, we recognize this was not the best course of action. (laughs) (laughs) But it's not their fault. You know, they they do their job. job. And that's what, you know, JR said he, you know, has no ill intent to, you know, against the officer. Nothing's bad between them. No bad beef is what I said. I I love it. I tell you here at KLBK, we have surely enjoyed watching this video over over and over and over. Stop with the puns. No bad beef on the bag of milk. I don't I see I, I switched I switched stories. This was this was supposed to come before the the milk bag. I probably should have because this one might this one might be like fucking serious here. Let go of his neck. He's not going. Stole the bike right out of a friend of mine's yard. A witness stepped in and started recording as a 62-year-old man held the neck of a 24-year-old man who activists say is developmentally disabled. We're not showing their faces because no one's been charged yet. I didn't even touch it. The older man tells a 911 operator he was holding the young man because he believed his friend stole a neighbor's bike two days earlier. And he had one of the younger boys by their neck, like, kind of strangling them. So I got out of the truck and I approached them, and that's kind of when I started recording them. D'Angelo Wright tells 12 News he wasn't sure what was going on, but knew it wasn't right. Because there's no reason why this man should be grabbing this this boy by the neck. The man didn't answer when we went to his house near 25th and Beecher for his... Oh, you gotta love a reporter that goes to somebody's house and knocks on the door. ...side of the story, community activist Von Mays organized a protest in response to the now viral video. To you, it signifies something larger. What, what is that? 
I mean, we still have a race and segregation problem here. While the man didn't make any racial comments, Mays is convinced. To grab someone by their throat, um, who he didn't even know if that that kid was the kid who stole the bike allegedly or, or what was going on, but you immediately went to, to that level of, of violence. That assaulted somebody. Problem. We also tried to reach out by phone to the man in that video shot here, but it was disconnected. The district attorney's office say they haven't been referred any cases by police. At 20 Isn't that a picturesque Americana fucking street right there? Beautiful. 25th and Beecher, Nick Board, WISN 12 News. Police say the man eventually released the younger man. There were no physical injuries. Police say they'll send their reports to the district attorney for possible charges. Uh, I mean, the cops aren't going to do anything. We've seen that time and time again. Here's some kittens. You deserve it. This has been a wild ride. It's been a wild ride. No, don't you, don't you get me copyright claim. I think we might have watched this one before. I'm sorry. more people came in for the kittens than have been here all night. I don't blame you. I don't blame you at all. <laughs> Do we have a debate tomorrow night? I don't think there is one. Oh, yeah, there is. Michael Bennett and Joe O'Day in Colorado. If that one comes on at 7, Colorado's on mountain time, so that'll actually probably come on at like 9. find it pop up for me I think it's supposed to be tomorrow apparently they uh, they hadn't agreed on all the terms just yet look at that little mother my god it's adorable I was going to have my little drinky poo. Uh, catnip beverage. He's all about it. Oh, it looks like my Smokey. Getting him a drink. <laughs> that cat has a problem. <laughs> oh, that one has a problem. Got scared. <laughs> oh, I didn't have any GI Joe that did that kind of shit. <clears throat> Act him right in the head. Hit me too, kitty. Ah, that's great. Oh, shit. Do you have to go fish the motherfucker out? Oh, he can get his head out. He's good. He's good.
He's a chocolate. Chocolate isn't good for kitties. Love it when they try to high five me. This one looks like Maynard. Hey, Maynard. Going fishing. They're so scared of it. I want to say it was probably affixed to something. That, that fishing pole toy. The cat was laying on it. I want to say like it was probably on some kind of base. And it was like over top it. Top it? That's not grammatically correct. My apologies. This little dude. Oh shit, he got scared. Got ran off, little fuck. Oh. I got a fishing pole. Somewhere around here. No, no, I'm, I, I might not even have a cat in here. Loki is in here. And I woke you up and you weren't ready. Ah! Where'd Hollywood Hulk Hogan go? Didn't get a chance to tell him, uh, you know, NWO for the. The other day when I raided into the surfs and I was like, maybe they'll shout me out. They did. That was super cool. Fucking Lance is awesome. Oh shit. Oh shit. Hold on. Already done the fucking cat. Why do I gotta do this shit? Watch a little cope here first. Not even, he can't even show his face. 
So Hillary's team was spying on internet traffic, trying to concoct the Trump-Russia collusion story, which they then spread the bullshit Alpha Bank story. They were creating this dossier with the help of a suspected Russian spy that was all garbage that was used to then spy on Trump. It's Trump's team. They were going after George Papadopoulos by planning spies and confidential human sources based on claims that were made by a Clinton ally in Australia, uh, whose name escapes me right now. All he fucking talks about. All of this concocted by the Hillary team. Concocting the Trump-Russia bullshit story. When it was they that were communicating with suspected Russian spies, concocting this. Don Jr., when he met with that Russian lawyer, Veselnetskaya, walked out after 10 minutes when he realized she had nothing to say. We were told that that was treasonous, that Don Jr. should be locked up. That lawyer, Veselnetskaya, met personally with Fusion GPS's owner, who was being paid for by Hillary Clinton, a man by the name of Glenn Simpson. Met with him the day before and the day after the meeting with Don Jr. Hi everyone, Justin Freakin's here, one of the dumbest people I've ever debated. Thanks so much for being here, Justin Freakin. He says that I'm concocting nonsense. Come on, Rob, just admit you're a fucking morons. Well, I did. Apparently I you're not fast. a good typer. I'm not. And my keyboard sticks. Take the L, dumb fuck. Right. And this is the credibility. Now, this is someone, just so we know who Justin Freakin is. Justin Freakin's like a progressive type, like socialist type. He'll rail often, for example, about how our system is rigging the game against people like, you know, uh, civil rights leaders back in the day. The FBI was illegally spying on them. Money and corruption in politics means that we can't get progressive values that we really need. But he'll trust everything the FBI says, as long as it's against Trump. What am I wrong about? And, and, and again, they, when I debated Justin Freakin, I'm just not going to respond to him here uh, anymore after this. It's worthless. He's beneath me. Um, he won't, <clears throat> just like all the other people I've talked about in these issues, he can't talk about the specifics of them. So what he'll do is dude, just say, you're just dude. wrong. The trial said you're wrong. Dude started spouting off like all this nonsense about the subsource. And y'all, I'm like, I don't know anything about this shit. You're just like spouting off nonsense that you heard on uh, like Reddit posts and stuff. And I found out like the right wing think tank where his opinion came from. Like the Dushenko dude, like he's calling Hillary a spy based on the Dushenko dude. He was anti Putin. He, he, uh, was the dude that exposed that Putin's dissertation on Russia was largely plagiarized. If Dushenko was to go back to Russia, he would probably be imprisoned. But that is Rob's evidence for the fact that Hillary was actually the one that was working with Russia. It's absolute nonsense. They're saying I'm literally the dumbest streamer ever. I 
I debated Rob for like three hours. The first hour, uh, we actually, he was trying to make the argument that there was a double standard in the FBI. I held my own. Then he started talking about the Hillary shit, and I shouldn't have gone down that rabbit hole, and it's an hour just meaningless nonsense. And then I kind of turn it back around at the end. Rob looks like a dumbass. Uh, nobody, uh, debates Rob Noer without a moderator, and I found out why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Usually, uh, I'm the one that dominates conversation and yells over people, but, uh, that's kind of what happened to me. Like my buddy, my buddy doesn't do the politics, so he he isn't here for the show. But he'll ask me like, "What went on?" I'll be like, "Oh, I debated this is a dumb fuck," and I told him I was like, "What would you, what would I tell you if somebody just completely talked over me and didn't let me get a word in edgewise? Would you would you say that sounded normal?" And he was like, "No, nah, that didn't happen." I'm like, "It totally happened." Yeah, they say, I don't know what I'm talking about. Like, how many times does Durham have to lose in court? Well, he kept straw manning. He kept, and he did it to me again just then. But Justin will believe anything the FBI says. No. But Rob will believe anything, any right-wing nonsense that he wants to believe says. Like, technically, Hillary didn't lie. The Russians were trying to influence the election. Oh, back to the cats. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'd already gone to the cats and everything. Bubblinsky. I like that name. I like saying that name. He looks kind of like Socks, only Socks is way fatter. Now, I don't know anything about Pokemon, but I think that that's the opposite of the way those Pokeballs work. I think they're supposed to catch the creatures, not make them appear. But once again, I don't know anything about Pokemon. If you're watching on Twitch, we're going to go say hi to... uh, Somebody online. Every time he has popped in, he has said something fucking funny. So let's go hang out with somebody online. Go ahead, light one up, tip one back. It's all right to have a little fun when we're in the sack. I'm Justin Freakin'. Tomorrow night, we've got a Senate debate, but it's in Colorado, so I'm pretty sure it happens at like 8 or 9, so I don't think we're going to be coming on early. But we'll see you tomorrow night at our normal 
Uh, same troll time, same troll place. <laughs>